that they would put in the instruction manual like, this shit's pretty fucking hard to get a handle on. It's like, <laughs> the imperial schools of honor podcast i'm josh folan and i'm jay baxter and we're going to be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again we might solve a mystery or rewrite history today as we're talking ducktales <laughs> for, for the nintendo entertainment system emulation disclosure i emulated on nestopia my pc with my usb replica nes standard controller jay how did you play this baby I emulated it on my Apple computer with open EMU software with the standard USB NES controller as well. Nice. Please rate and review the podcast. We, just as a reminder, we will read it on the pod if you post it. Jay, what are you jamming on now? Dude, I realize I haven't been jamming on a whole lot of different stuff these days. So definitely still doing NBA 2K20, you know, once a day, get a game or two in after work. Um, Ooh, but wait, then wait, wait wait till I get going about that, Jay. Oh man, I saw I saw you online <laughs> once and I was like, oh, oh like if I was not if I wasn't playing it on Xbox, like if I was playing on Switch, I totally would have just like added you to can a I game ask, immediately. Can I ask uh if what I, I never asked what system you had it on that? Uh, no, definitely Xbox. I like primarily like because of Game Pass and like all these games I'm playing are included on Game Pass, that's pretty much where I start. Because I don't have to pay for it. You know. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. Uh, yeah, I always but yeah. <laughs> idea of mob- of mobility, so I tr- I try to d- get anything on PlayStation that I can. Got it. That makes sense. But yeah, man. So I was you know play that for a little bit, and yeah, I was playing Shadow of War a lot, like right after we potted, like on the weekend. But then I work ch- just kind of went hard, so I didn't really get a lot of time to play. But I did start playing a couple of days ago the new soul caliber six um and i i played like one of the original soul caliber games like back in the day and so i figured you know like why not you know I, new games i, I know the name the the word like I, i'm yeah. familiar with the word but the word has no definition to me what is it <laughs> <laughs> so it's a classic fighting game you know with weapons so everybody has like slashing weapons you can like it's kind of like in that tekken frame where it's 3d where you can move around the screen ninja shit is kind of what pops into my head but that is entirely uninformed (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean it is that but like with weapons so like in this one it also has characters such as Geralt of rivia from the witcher series so I don't know if you've seen that on netflix or played the popular game Um, (laughs) yeah yeah, it's everywhere i got i got it yeah, but he, like he's he's in the game, so I thought that was really cool. So I figured I'm gonna cut some cut some dudes down. So let me play this game. Um, but you can start. It's interesting because you can start the game and play it through as certain characters, or you can create a brand new character with your own class, your own look, your own race, your own weapons, and all that. So I was like, you know what, I want to do that. So that way I have an additional character to play, and it's a really fun game. But like when you're playing through the story mode, there's just so much talking. Like it's, it's, it's like cut screens of text that you have to read. And so I just got tired of reading that text over and over in between these battles. But other than that, like the battling itself is really fun. 
Uh, it's always a tough yeah. balance. If I use, it's funny that they have a, an appearance of the Witcher 3 character because like, that was one of the things with Witcher. Like, I love story and I want story, but part of my problem with that game was uh, story segments would happen and I would, just, I would find myself just fucking staring off into this into nothing and jamming on the button just like fuck off let's go <laughs> which is not like i said I, I am so story focused so for that to happen something's got to be going wrong and I, you know i don't know there's just a lot of story yeah if you're in the mood to like slash that's kind of why i like mordor like shadow of war because it's it's like that only turn up the action turn down the story you know what i mean so but yeah, that's pretty much it, it these days, man. Um, other aside from a little, you know, moving out here and there with the kids or a little Mario party. So what about you, man? What are you jamming on these days? First of all, tell me about this NBA 2K20. What let's, is going? What's the story? Let, let me let me get there. Let let me warm up to that. that <laughs> all right, that's, all right. That, <laughs> I, that's a pretty long. That's a pretty long segment uh, that I have to talk about. But the okay, so yeah, the first thing I I, I got a bug in my ass and, and then fucked around a little bit more Mario Odyssey, which I hadn't done in a while. Uh, oh, I'm up to. Have you played that yet? I have it. It's like oh, one of God, the first God. games I got for the Switch. But like, and you have I played it, it for the it kids. Have not touched it. Oh my God. No, I I have got. I played like the first. I don't know. Maybe when you get to the sand part. But I've always played with the kids, and it would be hard to play with them at the time. So we just kind of fell to the wayside. But I always keep saying, you know what? I need to sit down and play more of that game because it's fun. Yeah. Playing by yeah, and the, the the co-op thing, I mean, it's kind of designed for a kid. Like, the co-op thing, like, there is a co-op feature to it, like a two-player simultaneous thing, but it's not a real co-op thing. It's, like, designed, yeah. in my opinion anyways, maybe I, you would be able to support this, but the it's, like, for a child that can't, doesn't quite, isn't quite capable of gaming, you know, just yeah. to involve them, you know, uh, <laughs> and give them something. Like, their controller does have input, but it has very little effect on what's actually happened in the game um which is a cool idea but you know clearly not if you want a genuine co-op it does not serve that purpose at all but yeah it's yeah. a great game dude it's, i mean it's a fantastic top five mario game of all time in my opinion 740 ish moons Ooh. is a lot of moons <laughs> like, fuck. that dude has played a lot of mario uh but you know it, i i don't even know how many there are i haven't done the the research legwork to find that out but i know that i have a whole bunch of them that i don't have still so 740 wow. not anywhere near all of them uh but the the mechanic it just never gets old it's just an extremely fun you know it's like so much of mario they just i, I think i said on the very last episode like mario is just or not mario but nintendo was just does a fantastic job of just making the little things the the, the little mechanics that make regardless of what's happening they do a good job with everything else too but even with even didn't have a great story and 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 and, and you know interesting and cute sprites and everything it would be fun just because of the repetitive mechanics of it, it, it every every little thing about it is is, is fun so yeah yes. it's a great game nice. so yes yeah, so i played a little bit of that i finished D that that wars of eternal sun game on genesis uh, the RPG that I had been dabbling with for a while since I ordered oh, yeah. off eBay. Great game. Um, you know, it's not really something to, it's too much to really get into with uh, at length, but I did finish it. It's fucking great. And uh, remember when I said I'll never beat the last level in Overcooked 2? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that led to uh, Amy and I fired it up last weekend. And as is so often the case, the fresh approach you have after some time away led to doing exactly that. So, uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, we, so we did finish it. Uh, and it took like another two or three playthroughs, I think, uh, or, or wax at it. But we, we did beat it. And uh, it gives you, after you finish, it does give you some additional replay value 
shit where they they add a fourth star. Like every level in the game has three, you know, a, a, like this is like every game these these days, especially ones like this. But you have like a three tier completion state for each stage. So you know you mm. can get one star, two star, three stars based on the merit of you how you did. You know what I mean? And yeah. after you finish the game, they add a fourth star to each level in the whole game. So you can go back through and play the whole game if you want with this harder star. <laughs> we, <Yeah. laughs> we tried the we tried the I, I wish I could remember the numbers, but like the so the first level maybe it was definitely three digits. It was like, you know, 200, 400, 600 ish, something like that for the first, for the three stars. And then the fourth star was 2000. <laughs> Whoa. So it was like well over double the <laughs> star to get in. Like, but you know, it's the first stage. So we were thinking like, ah, like first stage, like, you know, we maybe didn't have no idea what we were doing. Like maybe it's super easy to, we got into it and it fucking no, dude. It's like, it's an insane, like we were devising whole new systems of workflow that were like not, really the, the the way things should go but it seemed like it might be a little efficient we were like fence testing dude you know like just like <laughs> just fighting the electric fence and just hoping we find a spot that's not electric <laughs> uh you know it, uh. Yeah, it was it was so difficult so you know we we we, we we need the first two levels of whack at that and we're like this is impossible so so we needed to find a co-op <laughs> game so we started looking around and i saw a bunch of shit after you've been talking about it for moving out. So we downloaded that actually. Oh yeah. yeah. What'd you I mean, think? It's, it's fun. It's a cute game, dude. It's, it's very much in the spirit of overcooked kind of just, I wouldn't call it a mini game, but it kind of has, you know, it's obviously just like the little houses, each little stage. And, uh, I'd say overcooked is a little prettier, you know, visually yeah. it's kind of, but I mean, I think that's kind of the point too. the, the visual style of it is kind of messy because the game is messy. Like the way the whole challenge of the game is <laughs> yeah. your, your characters are not good at what they do. <laughs> so they're like, they, the, the, the mechanics are kind of sloppy and loose. So, you know, every time you make a turn, your fucking guys swinging them way, way further than you want them to. That's what <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, it, 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 it was fun. We had a good time. I really like the, the old school VHS training video at, that they right? beginning was really appreciated like that was really well done uh even to the point it had like the when it started it was like a vhs tape in that it had some other it was like recorded over something else like it started and it had, <laughs> looked like a real you know i shouldn't say looked like it was real four by three standard definition video of some wedding <laughs> like you know her <laughs> wedding uh which i don't know if you know who knows what where that came from that that actual footage but yeah so it was on that for a second and then it like you know some of the static and it cuts over to the actual training video for whatever the hell that movie now company is you know or movie company yeah. is. so yeah, super super what cute ridiculous name yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah super cute fucking training uh component to it a tutorial component and that was really cool i thought Nice. So then, yeah, I also downloaded 2K, 2K20. Uh, it was like a, it required a perfect storm of events pushing me over the edge to make it happen because <laughs> I, I have a very staunch stance against modern sports games. But the gang from college, all those dudes f uh, from next door on 14th, so we have this fantasy football league, and mm. it's been going for like 15 years, dude. And we've decided now to dissolve the league because fantasy football has become a fucking insufferable activity. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> And uh, success is almost entirely predicated on luck in today's pussy ass passing leagues. It's just it's just not any fun. And we've been talking about dissolving for a few years, and we're, it's finally happening. So, in an effort to maintain a reason for us to talk in a group chat, talk shit to each other in a group chat, which is really the fun part of the fantasy football league in the first place, uh -huh. the commission has decided to try to start a gaming league amongst at least most of the same people. So. What? Yeah, so 2K20 was his first suggestion for this. So I was like, well, you know what? Like, he texted me, and it was like literally 
a day or two after we recorded, I think, and that was right when I had saw the 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 sale in the store in the Switch store. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you know what, dude, it's on sale. Like, okay, you know, whatever. So I go back to the Switch store. It's on sale. The standard game's on sale for nineteen seventy nine, and then the eighty dollar normal priced legendary version is only twenty cents more, nineteen ninety nine. So what? Yeah, wow. all that plus your constant fucking talking about it i was like all right let's do it and, and on top of that actually i i as i'm buying it I've, i realize i have like seven bucks in store credits too so it really only cost me 13 bucks so i was like I, no matter what happens i can't be too disgusted <laughs> <laughs> at, at that price point and yeah dude, like, first of all downloading it it took more than four hours to download which is such a fucking pain in the ass because the switch doesn't oh, allow yeah. to download things and play games at the same time it's, it, uh, it's not only games that use internet shit and yeah. online access. And, you know, so a game like Animal Crossing would logically be out. But every game seemingly st- finds a way to claim to use some sort of online access. So you pretty much can't play anything while that fucker downloads anything. Uh, Mario Odyssey. Being, I have the cartridge for Mario Odyssey. I don't even have it on my hard drive. I have the cartridge and I still can't play Mario online because it. The balloon thing, you know, there's like a balloon thing with Luigi in it, some dumbass mini game that every stage has a level or a, a, some moons associated with, and it has to compare scores online or some shit. I don't even know, but uh, you can't play Mario even, you know, so it's just, I don't know, it's super yeah. annoying. I think that's a really, really bad aspect about the Switch. I don't know. I can't believe that that hasn't been fixed. Because it's inferior to the Xbox and you need to come on over, man. Well, PlayStation does it fine. Downloads games finally if you play games. So well, yeah. It's not it's, it's a <laughs> Switch. It's not, a, it's not an Xbox. It's just a Switch. Is, yeah. A switch something stupid and then I just don't understand why. It's such a debilitating problem that I, I can't believe that uh, people haven't just like lit up their complaint box <laughs> well because they i think people know that it's like there's no comparison between like a switch like no one ever compares the switch to the xbox or the switch to the ps4 like it's always because you know that those are much more powerful hardware sure. they're completely different kind of gaming systems or a switch is built for much more on the go powerful but not on the same level as the other two. Sure, you know? but, th- but that's not, it's, it's not like that is a, it's not a performance, you know, that's not, it's not like a system limitation. Well, or it I shouldn't it be, I guess, I, I can guess, definitely yeah, game should, and download. <laughs> well, I mean, what I'm saying, yeah, I mean, I guess there, there, there may, I guess there could be a hardware incentive that, I, but dude, I mean, come on, my fucking 1998 Acer laptop or desktop computer could fucking, <laughs> download, download something off the internet while I do something else. Like, you gotta give me a break. You're telling me you can't download in the background while you play a game. Is uh, that being the hard or hardware being the problem there seems insane to me. But and it, whatever the bit, that's a whole. That's a we could probably have a whole podcast bitching about that. So, uh, so I get the game, and the first thing uh, the fucking uh, after it downloads, the first thing it does when I open the fucker up is try to do an, a game update that takes. Way longer, dude. Like six, seven hours, dude, to download. What? To download the, to, basically, so I could get J.R. Smith on the fucking Lakers. It was basically like a raw. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh. So, and it took forever to do that. I like leave, I left it overnight, and then like even when I, I like I do leave it overnight, and I wake up in the morning, and like it's finished, but there was something you had to click to like, uh-huh. okay, it's done, moving on, and I didn't do that. The system shut off. 
like after it had downloaded and uh-huh. like just, just went to sleep and it like said like something about like I thought I basically thought that it didn't work. It thankfully did when I reloaded and restarted the system. It had applied the update. But I thought for sure that when I had that error message that yet again it didn't finish. <laughs> and I was gonna have to do it over even though I left it overnight. I was I was furious. But oh, man. so yeah, it was a lot of bullshit, a lot of hoops to jump through to even fucking get the game. I get the game, I played one half, dude, and I turned it off. Sports games are what just yeah sports games are awful dude it's so and like i'll say this what? i played as, i played as the cleveland cavaliers in the game's defense and that surely mm. mitigated the amount of fun i could have but i'm sure dude you gotta <laughs> play a squad to get the feel of it uh, i didn't you know it's not like i deleted it but i have not went back and tried it again it's like i keep i sit down every time i sit down just as like a fuck off gaming thing i think about firing it back up and i'm gonna try more but that first but exact, what I, is it though like what specifically it, is it that turns you off because i love it so much like i feel like it's just like when we would play in new york only like in our own designed world and well, you're sure, upgrading no, like, like, rosters playing co-op with another person sitting next to you would probably still be fun because you're like the fun in that is like you two are fucking each other's things up <laughs> right, <laughs> you're right. like you're like yeah <laughs> other to like fucking like no like fucking we're this is a, this is the plan you know yeah <laughs> uh, that's a whole different type of thing and i'm sure that would be fun but the one play you know and grant i was just playing exhibition too and i'm sure i've always been more invested in a franchise type deal where i have a long-term approach to this um so you know i like i said i'm not shutting the door on it but i just i was definitely not i did not fire it up and start playing and just like oh my and, and i had to i haven't played the fucking basketball game I, like i said i'm pretty sure the last one was 2k13 on nintendo wii so it's been mm. you know i should have turned it on in my opinion and just been like floored by the difference and i was not at all you know so wow. i don't know like i said oh, i i all you know i also walk into it with a negative stigma to begin with and that surely colors my 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 takeaway you know so i'm gonna keep trying but i was not blown away uh especially after all that fucking dick around stuff i had to do to get the game but <laughs> Anyways, that's enough talk about what we're playing now. That was the DuckTales theme song, of course. I had yes. to do it for the first song. Yeah, was there any sliver of doubt whatsoever in that choice? Not even a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that. I open it like, you know, because you just send the links. You don't. There's no names. Like I'm, uh, yeah. I'm like I have. There was like there. There was genuine anticipation as I was mouse hovering uh, <laughs> the, the link. Like, was it going to be the title thing? Um, fun, fun That's little, cool. fun little internal game there. I was able to play with myself <laughs> as we were preparing for this. <laughs> so yeah, so we're playing DuckTales for the NES here, and getting into the overview of that, the synopsis, yeah, synopsis for DuckTales is, Uncle Scrooge is a world-class millionaire and a lover of adventure. His goal this time is to obtain the five lost treasures that were scattered throughout the world. He is off on his adventure with the help of Huey, Dewey, Louie, and Webby. They will travel with him through the jungles of the Amazon, the snow-topped peaks of the Himalayas, the haunted house in Transylvania, the subterranean mines of Africa, and the surface of the moon. How many of the lost treasures will you be able to find? Jay, what kind of format is this game? Uh, does this game present us? <laughs> this is the classic action platformer, both side-scrolling and vertical, supposedly built on Mega Man architecture. Oh, Capcom yeah. makes sense. Have some yeah. No, don't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, the game was released on September 14th, 1989, and that is a, otherwise anyways, rather boring date in world history. The most notable event by far that I could find was the final of numerous nuclear tests the U.S. government would perform in Nevada as part of the a part of Operation Cornerstone. Mm. Alien Nation was the highest rated U.S. television program at the time, and Don't Want to Lose You by Gloria Estefan was number one in the U.S. Billboard chart. Oh, man. <laughs> was I one of your cracks, Jay? <laughs> not, not at all. <laughs> not, a, not a big Gloria Estefan fan, huh? <laughs> nah, not it just reminds It just like takes me back to the time. It's like, yep, eight, late 80s. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That it was. So the artwork, the cover art is a beautiful, like, just, you know, picturesque, perfect Disney-style illustration of Scrooge swinging from a rope, hanging out of a chopper with launch pad, <laughs> like, you know, piloting the chopper, and then Huey, Dewey, and Louie are in there, too, and the Beagle Boys are giving chase down below on, like, a cliff-top deal. Uh, state-of-the-art and high-resolution boasts adorn the top of the artwork on either side of the Capcom logo, so they're <laughs> uh, letting you know that they think this shit is, is, is pretty slick. The back has a solid original pitch blurb. They wrap up by asking whether you are duck enough to join the DuckTales gang on their adventure. And oh. I, in fact, Jay, were you? <laughs> I, absolutely, sir. Okay. You already know. Yeah, <laughs> there's a, <laughs> another boast blurb back here, too. Uh, premier worldwide arcade game designer, which I think I want to say that that's on a lot of the Capcom stuff. That's like their little uh, thing that they, they often boast about themselves. So onto the manual, which will be in the show notes, as it always is. It's a whopping 26 pages with a full color cover that's, uh, that's on the box art, which full color is pretty hot. You don't always get that. I guess I think Capcom usually does, though. I think that is a Capcom staple. For the pretty moment. impressive nonetheless yeah sure drastically increased printing costs so they're really they're really fucking bringing it to the table here <laughs> especially in 1989 probably cost a <laughs> right uh controlling uncle scrooge on page six has some fun copy the controls for uncle scrooge are simple but true mastery will take both practice and skill i like that little mm-hmm. good text. not lying right <laughs> great although i don't know i think the controls are very tight in this game so i mean you know Yes, mastery, sure, but it's not. It's not like I mean, not that they would, not that they would put in the instruction manual like this shit's pretty fucking hard to get a handle on. It's like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, oh, or yeah. or this shit's very easy. Like you're. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, they also have it here: pushing right or left the controller moves Scrooge right and left. This works even when he is jumping or falling, and and they have this in all caps. Remember this; it is an important feature. <laughs> and that is to nice. be interpreted as you're going to be doing a lot of following and you be- are falling rather and you better make sure you're not just zoned out while he's doing that or you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> just true. Very, also true. Yeah. The item and helpful character breakdowns have large, well-drawn illustrations. So fist bump Capcom, Capcom on that. We have four full pages of blank lines for memos and scores at the end. And that is an all-time record that I've seen by a mile, I think. So they expect you'll need to take a lot of notes. And uh, I don't know, I mean, mm. maybe, but... Perhaps. I don't know. I guess there's also the you know the, the score, maybe, because the, there is the whole thing with the alternate endings and the scores. So maybe they expect that you'll be particularly considerate of tracking your your in-game but is that in the manual though because i since i never knew about it and you never knew about it like i'm wondering yeah. like is it do we miss it i don't think it is in the manual the alternate endings i yeah i don't think i, I don't think i remember catching I, I feel like i would have written that down if, if it would have been in there if i caught it so yeah I, I don't believe that is in there actually but mm. i'm just saying you'll you know you 
the, you know, theoretically, you're if if you do play it a lot, which I'm sure most kids that had this did, uh, they probably would notice the different and you know the different endings, and then you know that would incentivize you to utilize these blank lines. Jay, stop being so critical with the blank lines, bro. Just be happy you got. Talk about with Capcom other than the Mega Man architecture, which is a good one. I had heard. Yeah, I mean. There's a little bit. So, yeah, it's definitely produced by key personnel from the Mega Man series. And so, like, when you think about Capcom, like, I immediately think Mega Man, I think Street Fighter, you know, I think Capcom versus Marvel. Like, I just think of so many different games. But apparently, this became Cap Capcom's best selling title for the NES and Game Boy. Really? Like, that's saying a lot when you think about it, don't you think? That is, yeah, I'm considering they're fucking, yeah, that is impressive. And they did, I mean, they did sequel. I'm not, it, it's, it, it does not blow my mind, I guess, to hear because, and I didn't realize this until I was Googling around getting artwork and stuff for the episode here. That they, I think there's three of them for the NES. And I have never, I, I don't think I was even aware of the second, let alone the third. Right? Yeah. yeah so, when I saw the follow up, I was like, wait a minute, there was a second? Right. Which, what? I mean, I, I, it, I saw them. I'm like, well, fuck, I can't wait till we get there because I want to play those too. <laughs> you know, so. Right. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to yeah. spoil it uh, out of timeline, but yeah, I'm excited to get to those because I, you know, I'm assuming, well, I don't know. It's hard to say because somewhat the, the late, there's a lot of the, the late stage NES lineup because, you know, they, they, this was such a great selling machine that they, they kept it in circulation and titles were still being made for it way past the release of the Genesis and the, you know, the, the, basically this, even the SNES, you know, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the 16 bit era started and they, the, because this, you know, not, we, we talk shit about Atari doing this with the 2600, but you know, Nintendo did it too. Uh, you know, they, they, they kept this thing around because it, it still sold units, still moved units and, and, and brought in revenue. So, you know, there's a lot of late stage titles that I had moved on from the NES already and, and, and thereby just, they, you know, I didn't even, they didn't even pet get onto my radar because I was too busy playing Genesis. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. And like the same thing, even like we talked about it with Mega Man, it was like the same thing. Like I didn't even know there was like all these extra <laughs> ones, like <laughs> nine, 10. And I was like, wait a minute, seven, I, eight, nine. I, I think it got, like a, I'd moved on. I think it got up <laughs> six on the NES. But yeah. Yeah. I didn't know it. Yeah. And, and you know, the thing too, it's, 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 it's not funny, but it, it is, it's kind of a bummer that that's the case because you would assume that, those late stage games were probably, you know, the the development teams would have had such an understanding of the NES architecture and the NES hardware that you'd think that they probably did their best work in the later stages. So they're probably we're, we're pro my guess is my my speculation is that we're going to come across a bunch of fucking heat late at the mm. end of the NES uh, cycle here that we didn't even know about. And that, you know, there's, that's cool. I'm glad that we'll read that. We'll discover it now, but it, it is kind of a bummer that if uh, we did not, uh, we were not aware of it at the time because there's probably a lot of good, good games, you know? I hope so, man. I hope it's not like the A team moved <laughs> on to the Super <laughs> Nintendo and left like other people to take over. Cause, cause honestly, like after Mega Man five, I moved on to Super Nintendo and that's when I started Mega Man X and Mega Man X two. But then they on the, Nintendo had six, seven, eight, nine. Like they Did completely they cannibalized. Yeah, absolutely. They cannibalized themselves oh, because God. I would have played those if I had not moved on. Sure. But sure. what are you gonna do? Right. But I mean, also going back to DuckTales here, like IGN rated it the tenth on its hundred greatest NES games in in two thousand nine, and I saw like several of these lists 
the DuckTales ended up on. It was up there. Uh, well, I mean, like nuts. You know. Yeah, not, not surprising to hear. There's not another game that we've got that we've come across in the mags where we're like, well, we got to do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like no exceptions. Uh, so, I mean, you know, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, it's, I think yeah. I think it's there. I, I, I'm sure there has, you know, whatever, talking 30 years, there's no doubt someone I've, I've talked to someone that was like, yeah, fuck that game. But, you know, it's it's I think it's almost universally loved. So. Yeah. Also not surprising. Polygon, you know, guys know Polygon. They cite the moon theme that we played in last episode as the most famous piece of music from the title. And Geek Party called it the most perfect piece of A-bit music ever written. Um, also, oh, the moon theme appears in the 2017 reboot reboot version that my, I was Does telling it? you my kids they used They used it yeah. in the fucking cartoon. That's hot. That is really, it probably, you know what? Hearing that inclines me to actually watch it because that right? that means that they the team was you get so much some of these reboots are just you know they're just cash grabs and there's no attention paid to the ip really uh mm-hmm. and, and given you know it's, it's a fine line between paying homage and being you know nostalgic uh, nostalgia indulgent you know uh so mm-hmm. you know, hopefully it doesn't skew too far but like little tiny things like that that really that really acknowledge and appreciate the underlying ip and the history of it are really cool i think when when uh when done right like i said when not done in saturation uh is very very cool so yeah that's cool to hear so i'm gonna make my kids rewatch it with me since they've watched the entire <laughs> yeah. about me. That, yeah, dad, exploit, dad exploitation <laughs> <laughs> or dad 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 position exploitation the, they, they will not mind <laughs> All right. Well, the economic analysis, uh, I was it took me a while to come up with one. I was a little I was like, you know, I, I we were texting about it and like it it would like I, it just was inconceivable to me that we couldn't come up with a good economic analysis for a game about the richest duck in the world. I was I was scared that we were failing miserably here as podcasters. But uh, yeah, I, so I did I, the, the idea I ended up settling on was Scrooge has a money bin. How big would a money bin actually have to be to house his fortune? And how big is that fortune? So, firstly, <laughs> you know, you start Googling around trying to, like, how am I going to go about this? How am I going to figure this out? Like, my initial inclination was we need to somehow get dimensions for the money bin, this fictitious structure in a cartoon right. <laughs> from, you know, from fucking three decades ago. <laughs> like, how are we going to do that? Well, actually, there is an alarming number of articles. <laughs> Really? Yes, on the internet, uh, on far too reputable outlets like Forbes, for Christ's sake, <laughs> uh, really? that that are covering both the, the money bin and then trying to pin a valuation on the on, on Scrooge McDuck's worth. And there's actually Forbes. It's, it's not a current thing. Like it was it was a few a little bit outdated, the Forbes article. But they had Forbes has been was doing anyways. Like I said, I don't think it's still happening, but they for a, a while they were doing annual lists. Like they do, like the richest fucking person in Indonesia, you know, or the richest the richest people in Indonesia, and they do a top twenty list, and they like they have lists all over the world and all sorts of the richest stars, and they, you know, it's a, this right. is a, a a pop culture fucking thing that they do um, for clickbait mostly, I think. But <laughs> the uh, they they also had one for fictional characters, and Scrooge McDuck was often or obviously always on that list, uh, and he actually, it was weird though he varied, like he was never like 
at the top, oddly. Really? <laughs> he was always no like, way. I, I want to say the one I looked at the most, he was number nine on or number six or something like that. One of the round numbers. And mm. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so yeah, there's a ton of articles out there. I was fucking shocked by that. So it was not nearly as hard to really start researching as I thought it was going to be. But of all the shit I saw, the one I liked the most was on everygeek.com. And the link to that will be in the show notes, of course. But they, their team, or that this particular reporter, I, don't, I didn't write his name down or her name down, unfortunately. But the, they mined various instances of the IP. So, you know, the comic books, the cartoons, et cetera, over the years. And found a bunch of statistics as baseline constants that they could use for further computation, you know. So I'll go through the constants that they found. And uh, from there, start doing uh, the, 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 actually not, it didn't require as much math as I anticipated it might. But so the... The money bin is 12 stories tall. The money pit diving board sits at the base of the 10th floor. And stories tend to mean out to 10 feet per. So the diving board could be approximated at around 100 feet up from the floor of the money pit. So the money pit has depth marks on it. So at numerous instances in the cartoon and in the comic books and such, you can see like depth notches on the side <laughs> of the of the money bin. So the the two uh, most discernible readings have it at seventy have have like the level of the money in the pit, you know, at seventy nine and ninety nine feet. So averaged out, we'll say it sits at ninety feet, just for an even number. So that's what we're going with here. That's nine ninety feet worth of money <laughs> in the money bin. Uh, and that, you know, this also the thing about that, and there's there's a lot of, you know, you have, there's, you have to take some liberties with this computation because particularly in modern context, like there would be, you know, this is his liquid tangible assets in the money bin would obviously not be the, the entirety of his wealth. There's real estate. There's all these, all these other things that would certainly be electronic currencies and, and assets, da, 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 da. So, we have to take some liberties here and think that, you know, we're only talking about his money in the bin as his wealth for this computation. Uh, anyways, Don Rosa, who was the successor to the creator of, or yeah, he was a successor to the creator of Scrooge. The creator of Scrooge was Carl Banks. Don Rosa took over for him after Carl Banks left Disney. So Don Rosa psychotically created a blueprint for the money bin structure, detailing exact dimensions of it, which is just incredible. <laughs> It, really? uh, yeah, I posted it on her socials, blasted it out on Twitter and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it's uh, it's very cool to look at. So definitely go go hunt that down. It's 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 pretty cool. But the pit base dimensions on this blueprint are 120 by 90 feet. So that's the base of the money bin. And that's the, huge. Yeah, that's pretty big. It, it's weird. actually there's there's other instances in the in the IP that say it's like a full city block. Which you know that's a very that's a varying relative term. Obviously, city blocks are different in every city. Da 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 da. Uh, so that. so yeah. So this actually this everygeek.com article ended up wanting to. I think they ended up using four ten by four ten feet as their actual dimensions of the base of the money bin. I don't think that's realistic. I I don't think it's important. Like I, like I think whatever the fucking the blueprint by the creator at Disney says is what it is. So, so yeah, that, so we yeah, got to so, go with that. Right, yeah. These are the numbers we're using. Not, not every geek's numbers. So I did. Yeah. I'm not just repeating every geek's article either here, but anyways, the pit dimensions are 120 by 90 feet and they have, there's 10 foot thick walls that are described to as to keep burglars out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, that'll do 10 right. feet. Yeah, so that, uh, obviously shaves off some of the, uh, um, 20 feet on each uh, on uh, horizontal and vertical uh, width. So 
the computation comes out to 630,000 cubic feet of money pile, taking into account that 90 feet of money plus the base dimension of the money bin. So that's our number for what the contents of the money bin is. Every geek found a semi-reliable variable solution for packing efficiency on loose coinage. And that's also a kind of a, an assumption too, that you know, they're also, if you, if you watch the show, there'll be, there'll be little banknotes here and sometimes jewels and other treasures and shit. But for the sake of computation and not wanting to pull my hair out trying to do this, we're gonna say <laughs> all gold coinage in the money bin. And they found a, a packing efficiency uh, a ratio that is, uh, they claim to be reliable, of 55%, meaning 45% of the bin would be loose space between coins. So that's another number we'll be using in, the, in this computation. And uh, I already talked about the city blocks thing. I'm going to use modern U.S. gold coins, uh, the American Gold Eagle, so my head doesn't explode doing the math, basically. And it's you know obviously easy to find daily numbers on the value of those. So... These coins are the, the American gold coin, gold eagle coins are made of 22 karat gold, not 24 karat to give them a little bit more stability. 24 karat gold is very malleable, so are relatively malleable. So uh, for the sake of stability, they make it out of 22 K gold, which is valued on the 15th of July at 1,660.70 dollars uh, per troy ounce. And I don't know. Do, do you know anything about troy ounces, Jay? Do you know what troy ounces are? Not a single thing, John. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, yeah. I, I would have just blown by this, but the uh, the article made mention of the fact that there is like a very there there is a difference between troy ounces and what we normally think of as ounces. And it, it, the the, sim, the sim, most simplistic way to describe it is you lose about ten percent of weight when converting from troy ounces to standard ounces. So it's something I guess it's something that when buying and selling gold, novices often get hosed on. <laughs> so if you get into the if you get into the gold game. Listeners, uh, you should definitely read an article about Troy to normal ounces. With that taken into consideration, a standard ounce would be valued at $1,513.51 US, US dollars. So there are 16 ounces in a pound, meaning one pound of 22 karat gold is worth 24,216 bucks, 16 cents. So one wow. cubic foot contains 1,206 pounds of gold. And that is another arbitrary number that every geek tracked down from God knows where. <laughs> <laughs> I like every it. cubic foot in the money bin then would contain if with all these numbers would contain twenty nine million two hundred and four thousand six hundred and eighty eight dollars and ninety six cents what yeah I already told you the number so it does not take a math wizard to know this is going to be a big number <laughs> oh my gosh so we can then multiply that number by the the cubic feet of the money bin, or the money in the money bin, rather, which is 630,000. 600. Oh, yeah. wow. And we, uh, we do bring it down a little bit with the packing efficiency quotient, which is uh, 55%. So okay. all that all that jammed together in, in a math problem gives us 10 quadrillion, 119 trillion, 424, wait, hold on, million, billion, trillion, sorry. Big uh, numbers here. <laughs> 10 trillion, 119 billion, 424 million, 724,640 US dollars. Uh, so that's Whoa. our number. Our number. Uh, a 2018 Market Watch article states that the total broad money in circulation in the world at the time was 90.4 trillion US dollars. Uh, so that's in 2018. It's probably a little different now, but. That's, this is opposed to narrow money. Do you know what these terms mean, Jay? I, I'd never heard of these terms either if you want some, some money. I don't recall that term from finance. 
broad economic shit. Yeah, exactly. I took the classes too, Jay. I don't. I never. They never mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is. Uh, I don't so, remember that one. Euro money is the the hard currency in circulation at a given time, and that was a measly thirty six point eight trillion in two thousand eighteen. So the Amazingly. the broad money is all like you know again all all those other assets that I said we're not we're not taking into consideration for Scrooge. So right. all the digital assets, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, that's the difference there. So Scrooge alone is rolling with about a ninth of the entire world's <laughs> of that is freaking nuts <laughs> is a lot of a lot of fucking money goes without saying just to do some inflation calculation because we we enjoy that so much on here <laughs> I, I took his wealth back to 1989 also when ducktales was released on the nes which mm-hmm. is a 51.9 percent inflation rate negative 51.9 percent inflation rate which would have given him uh Obviously, about half that. So, four trillion eight hundred sixty-seven billion four hundred twenty-nine million two hundred seventy-nine thousand sixty-five bucks and ninety-three cents U.S. dollars at the time. So, you enjoyed that exhausting math fucking pilgrimage, and now <laughs> let's get into the actual game. Scrolls of Honor listeners. This is Steve from the Franken Culture Podcast, your bi-weekly video game podcast full of news, reviews, and opinions on the industry today. Find us in your favorite podcast app under Franken Culture Presents. And now, here's Jay and Josh. That was the Himalaya stage theme leading into a short message from Steve over at the Franken Culture Presents podcast, which is Steve reached out to me recently about doing a quick link swap for between our two pods because uh, theirs is about, you know, pop culture, video games, wrestling, a bunch of shit that our listeners might and could be interested in. So definitely check that out if you are looking to add to your pod uh, content consumption <laughs> pool. Add it to the rotation. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I am, I am like, I am insatiable, dude. Like, I, I think I'm up to 42 shows now on my Apple Podcast app that, oh, man. Uh, that I am subscribed to that I listen to pretty much every new episode out of every one of them, which is all the more reason my 1.5 consumption speed is important. But Ah, no wonder. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you and the one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that music track, uh, it's I, I, that the Himalaya music track, you know, again, just kind of mousing over and like listen to these tracks too before we get started here. Like that is a, it's a great track for saying we put in some time, but there's still a ways to go in this adventure. It's like a very, <laughs> very yeah. segue <laughs> track that I, uh, I think is perfect for. Where we're yeah, going. I like the end. It kind of goes up at the end. It's nice, nice jam. So getting into Ducktales for the NES, the first thing you deal with, as we do on all these on all these games, is the title screen, and it's a blue screen. Uh, pretty slick title treatment with Scrooge's likeness worked in. There's a difficulty selection menu below that, easy, medium, hard, and then a nice collection of copyright legalese bullshit taking up the entire bottom third of the screen, and at which we already we we sampled it in, in our first music break. The legit Ducktales cartoon theme plays in near perfect chiptune fashion. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> it is a, a very impressively done rendition, in my opinion, for an 8-bit track. So, uh, I went normal because I'm not a little bitch, or because I am a little bitch, rather, uh, but not a total bitch. Uh, what did you go with, Jay? <laughs> uh, always normal. I mean, I'm not going to 
give myself more credit than than I'm due and kind of go hard just because <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. good at it as a kid. Come on. Yeah, I, yeah not that much of a masochist. <laughs> Uh, you're then taking, so yeah, you pick your difficulty and then it takes you to the land select screen in quotations. Uh, this is very well done too. I like this a lot. It's, you know, it's essentially the stage selection screen and it's Scrooge sitting in front of the big mainframe computer <laughs> with Huey, Dewey and Louie hanging out there with him. And two of the, of his nephews are in a green shirt and cap combo, which was surely just an NES technical limitation on the color palette front, but it's traditionally supposed to be Huey and red. Dewey and blue, Louie and green. And Dewey is the one who gets the short end of the stick here. Uh, the blue one is also in green, basically, here. And like I said, I'm sure that's just a color palette thing. The, the color palette that's available to the NES is not the most diversified. I didn't notice that. That is interesting. <laughs> that's a I am, I am uh, anal retentive BB stacker, Jay, and I notice everything. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, a it's probably the biggest criticism of this entire game, and that's that's pretty fucking good. <laughs> right. uh, the scene is interestingly placed on uh, what appears to be a wooden stage with red curtains lining the top and side and edges of the screen. So it gives it kind of like the theatrical stage look, which is interesting too for what for a mainframe. <laughs> well, for, yeah, for a mainframe, you know, it should be. It's like you know, you think of this being in some like I don't know underground bunker or something in Scrooge's compound. Uh, I just you know, I just uh, what's the stage and the, the thing like who's watching you. <laughs> well money is his life so like to him it's like this is my stage this is my theater i make the money that's my that's my interpretation the first the first instagram uh star <laughs> he, was, he, was, he probably he was just bought by an entire television station and just broadcast himself and his adventures because he's such a uh <laughs> egotistical maniac <laughs> as long as it didn't cost too much uh, i'm sure it, what difference does it make he's the fucking richest duck in the world dude He's got to knife <laughs> the world's money. He doesn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, so from here, you can choose any five, or rather any of the five lands, the Amazon, Transylvania, African Mines, the Himalayas, and the Moon uh, are all available to you right from the start. So when you move the cursor to a level, the main treasure you score in that level is shown on the screens of the mainframe, which is a, a nice little touch, I think. And there is also a screen with a map up top, and the arrow moves around on the map as you move through the level selection menu that, you know, <laughs> it's like the idea is that this is showing you where on the, the world map your the, the stage would lie. And the land mass looks nothing like Earth as we know it. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is Pangea somehow. Well, like, even, <laughs> yeah, I, I, that was my first thought. Like, no, like, no, I think even back in pre-continental drift Pangea times, uh, the land was not did not line up this way at all. <laughs> uh, and, and, and nor do the 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 point drops even you know even if you want to say like whatever about the structure of the landmass like the arrows like the where they would be it's just not even close uh, but whatever obviously not important there is also a crescent moon off to the side which funny enough is probably the most sensibly located level <laughs> as far as <laughs> where the arrow goes um, maybe yeah. it's somehow the clusters of wealth in the world so it's not a map of anything the green just represents this is where oh. Well, who knows? Who's who got some kind that, of crazy map? We're, that, we're not that, on that level to understand it. That really <laughs> strums my chords as an idea, Jay. I love infographics almost as much as I love inf uh, mainframe computers. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mic drop. There's there's also deliberation minded music here. It very much urges you to make a selection with haste. <laughs> like it's very repetitive and not something you want to sit and just jam out to, which is you know probably a good narrative choice. <laughs> <laughs> what did you start with? 
I had to go Amazon. I figured I like that you can select them all, but it's like, you know what? This is at the top. Maybe it's the simplest. Let me jump into that. What about you? I went with Himalayas to start with. So I guess we should probably do those. Should we do a digital coin flip or do you want to just rip into the, the, the mines? Let's jump in. Let's jump in. <laughs> All right. So we'll go with the mines first. So that was that, that's the first stage we're tackling here. And I guess even before we get into the actual level, let's talk kind of controls in the HUD and stuff, just so we get acclimated with what this baby's like. And Scrooge has some verbs. <laughs> you can jump. Okay. Uh, it's a nice jump with reasonable physics, I think. You can duck, holding down, of course. While in the air, be it jumping or falling off of shit, you can use your cane to pogo down onto shit. And by holding uh, down and B at the same time, and this can act. This this is this is probably the thing you're gonna like as far as verbs go in the game. The one you're probably gonna use the most. It can act both as an attack, uh, like jumping onto things that uh, you encounter, and then also a way to navigate services that would otherwise cause you damage to traverse. You know what I mean? Yes. Bikes and and thorns and what have you. When up against certain objects, rocks, treasure satchels, so on and so forth, you can hit B while walking into them, and Scrooge will whack them with his cane. Uh, off. Golf swing. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I call it the golf club uh, whack uh, throughout most of this, baby. So, yeah, when you <laughs> when you do this on something that can't be whacked, you get a cool little googly eye animation from Scrooge that is very cute, and I like a great deal. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Up top in the display, you have money and score, your life bar, remaining lives, and a timer for the stage. Uh, and that timer ticks down rather expediently. And it is a 500-count timer on uh, every stage that I notice it on anyways. Maybe there's some differences, but there's some different ones that I didn't clock. But look to be a 500-count for each stage. So if we're going to do the mines first, Jay, tell us about the mines. Man, the mines were really fun. Like, I thought <laughs> it was pretty funny because you start out Right, you're you're in the mines, and the first thing you see is like these googly-eyed little squids, like slugs, right? Like, yeah, they've got to be slugs. Yeah. They just kind of like bounce back and forth. Like, they don't really do anything; they just walk back and forth. So, if you walk into them, obviously, you'll take damage. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're, so they're, 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 Yeah, every stage has kind of like that grunt enemy that is pretty benign and doesn't really pose you any danger. And is yes, just basically a pogo practice. <laughs> right. <laughs> and yeah, that 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 absolutely is what the slugs are here. The music in this fucking stage is great. thing in the stage is bumping into that locked door uh, or cave wall really which is kind of odd it's a locked cave wall <laughs> right it's like sorry you got to go back to transylvania like what? <laughs> yeah yeah so it's manned by louis and louis actually tells you he fills you in that the key is in transylvania yeah and you you are automatically teleported there you don't even have a choice in the matter so you go there and like it you know getting the getting the key requires going into the very first mirror you encounter in the mansion there's there's just no challenge whatsoever to it other than i mm -hmm. guess maybe if you you know you don't clearly you wouldn't i guess you would maybe wouldn't know it especially if you haven't played the stage yet if you haven't done Transylvania right. and you know the mirrors have that function to them i guess maybe you blow by it and you search forever uh with no you know getting no results because you didn't go in that very first mirror but um, i don't know e either way it's kind of like a little bit of a just a runaround thing and right 
I don't like know. I thought it was cool, but I was like at the same time I was like there wasn't a challenge there, but okay. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. See. So ideally, you just go in that first mirror and you, uh, teleport you to a room. There's one of those big chests that are the, the really fun looking major treasure chests in the game, and you pogo that bitch, open it up, get the key, and you're you go straight back. It, oddly, it doesn't take you straight back to the mines. It took you straight to Transylvania to get this key, but it does not take you straight back to the mines. It takes you to the level select screen, which you know. Obviously, you're going to pick the mines again unless you're a fucking, <laughs> a fucking weirdo of some kind. You know, I don't know. Like, it's weird. It's weird that they give you that option for half of it. I guess it's kind of what yeah. I'm saying. You know, who knows? So, if assuming you are not a weirdo and you go back to the mines, you're pretty much free to go at a level now, and you can just walk right through that that cave wall instead of it opening in some way, shape, or form. You can just it's now like not translucent or transparent, but it's not. You can now just pass through it almost magically. I would say. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then you are immediately presented with an opportunity to golf club a rock up at a bat hanging from the ceiling. And this is, it's a very satisfying thing. I love these little, there's a few, I'd say maybe a half, maybe a half dozen of these opportunities in the game where you can golf club something up at a perfect angle and kill the yes. thing. That's a pain in the ass if you don't do this for. <laughs> and that is, yeah, if you don't do that here, the bats, they, they'll take flight and they kind of dive bomb onto you head first and into the ground. And like if they hit, like they'll, if, because they do come straight down on top of you, they often will hit you. Uh, either way, though, they after they hit the ground, they get this kind of that cartoon scene stars animation. Also, <laughs> yeah. also cute, you know, uh, I think they do a good job of getting that onto like I don't know, like a like maybe a dozen pixels total. <laughs> you know, it's like a pretty good job on the art, from the artwork team to to make that uh, discernible and, and make it look good. I think. Uh... So you can also, there's, as far as golf clubbing shit, you can also golf club the crates in this level, and like cool shit will pop out of those. So that's kind of like a, your your uh, treasure hunting mechanic in this level. And the most common enemy, yeah, is absolutely the slugs, and they just buzz back and forth. And then, as far as getting through the level, you can skip the first chain. So yeah, you you go through that door, and you can skip through the chain heading down, and it, you will run into a dead end, and there's some like a red diamond and some ice cream shit over there. But if you go back to the chain, you go down one level, and you have a range of options here. This is kind of one of the more this is one of the more non-linear levels, I guess I would say, as far as like you can take different routes throughout it. So you go down that chain. If you go right to the right, you'll bump into Miss Beakley, which is you know she's up above and she tosses down uh, way more ice cream cones than you could possibly need at this point in the stage. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I would recommend not going over there until you're fucked up and maybe backtracking to her or something if you're in a bad place because she absolutely she throws I don't even know how many a whole bunch of them like way more you're probably only especially yeah if it's a, if your first stage is for sure you only have the three life bars like if you there are two other pickups in this game that can get you up to five total HP but in the beginning you only start with three so any more than any more than five which I don't know if she throws more than five but uh, it's you know. The idea that you just started the stage and you're going to need three to five ice cream cones is a very pessimistic. <laughs> you know what's funny? I missed her completely. Like, I never even saw her. Yeah, and that's a, that's kind of my point. Never that. did. Yeah, you can absolutely <laughs> do that because there is, there's like, I would say there's probably three general routes you can take in this in this stage. And, uh, yeah, I ended up, I, in the long run, ended up just killing myself and redoing the level because 
I didn't feel like I could speak about the whole thing if I didn't do that. Like there was, it's such a diversified path, uh, particularly the shortcut that is over here by Miss Beakley that if you don't, you know, um, you can pretty much just skip the whole level and, and which one did you do? Did you, so, so if you didn't go over there, then I'm assuming you did, you went the long way then you did the whole, I, I went down the chain. So I went all the way down Okay, and yeah. like went down to the water and like we're yep. jumping over those ducks to spring forth i thought that was the way to go but funny to me like i didn't know i missed anything so yeah. like I, that's well, crazy. Then you clearly you clearly did not have nintendo power did not look at your nintendo power jay we, but which, you know what's funny? <laughs> I, I absolutely did on the amazon because i went amazon transylvania and then african mines but like on amazon i did in Transylvania, I did because I was like, "Oh yeah, this this magazine is freaking great." But then I decided after that I was not going to because okay. I wanted to just figure out my way, just you know. Unless I unless I got lost, I was. But like the first two, yes. But here, yep, completely missed it. Otherwise, I totally would have gone and like went that way as well. Yeah, yeah. We know we were taught the. I can't remember what game it was. We were taught that lesson where if like, absolutely look at the fucking look at the Nintendo Power. Yeah, like, trying to get the the experience you would have like I absolutely the point of my my real reason is because I know as a kid I would have like I I did not have mm-hmm. the self control to not look at the Nintendo Power if it, if the information was available to me you know well the funny the funny thing too is like at first I needed to and I was like okay this is great like I have this like why would I not this is amazing but then after that I didn't really need it you know what I mean like I checked on it I think I checked no, on it yeah, once you, later but then yeah. I was kind of just like oh I can kind of just figure this out and I just went. Yeah, no, and that's that's kind of I think that is one of the reasons this game is revered like it is is because mm-hmm. it particularly involving the with the different difficulty levels. If you factor that in, that's this is even more the case. But like you can depending on how you want to play, if, if your goal is just to get to the end, like you can do it without too much challenge. Like the challenge in this game and the replayability of it is yes, striving for excellence of sorts <laughs> you know what i mean and doing it having the perfect run through the game or or, or having sure. the most money of course you know so and you know even factoring in the multiple endings that we'll get to like that all uh our efforts to make this game like uh accessible to all ages you know and that also speaks to the ip the online ip like obviously that's a very children children's ducktales is a very children's minded ip so Absolutely. Uh, yeah, they did a fantastic job of that, I think, I guess is, is kind of my point. So, yeah, so if you were a kid with real balls or Nintendo Power, uh, as I had, <laughs> you you could then take a leap of faith past Miss Beakley. Like, yeah, you once you – like, Miss Beakley – it looks like a dead end, kind of, where Miss Beakley's at throwing those fucking ice cream cones down. It looks like just an, an endless chasm. There's just no chance you're going to be able to jump over, so you wouldn't even try unless you just take this leap of faith. And as you jump out, the, those frog ducks things – frog duck things – what the fuck are those? <laughs> that, <laughs> right. Yeah, that jump uh, that are down in the water area. They jump up from off screen below, and you can pogo across them as they as you go across this big this big chasm. And if you get across there, there's a treasure uh, one of those big treasure chests, and then basically it leads to a, a shortcut straight to the boss battle. So you can really cheese the stage doing that if you want to. You know what I mean? Hmm. Which is cool, and and honestly, it's it's kind of fucked a little to some degree because you can't. This is where Launchpad comes in, I guess, uh, and he is present in the stage. You know that because if you do this, there's one of the hidden treasures is over here. So there's only two of those in the game. The other one's on the moon, I believe. The um, well, that little square thing, whatever it is. Oh yeah, up, up, yep. up, up, up outside of the, the spaceship, and and you know, those are part of your 
those are like a big part of the determination of your final score and getting the the per the, the the best win state screen and all that like you need to get both those treasures it even mentions it specifically in that newspaper you know what i mean so mm -hmm. the idea that you pretty much have to skip all the other treasure in the level and play in the level at all to get one of those is i think a little shitty you know what i mean yeah uh i kind of wish they wouldn't have put that here like if you want to see you know, having the shortcut is cool sure but having this really integral item over there i think is a little bit of a cop-out to some degree and, and somewhat of a pain in the ass because if you want to reap the full monetary benefits of the stage you got to go all the way through it get launch pad come back and then do the, the shortcut you know what i mean man i feel like i had to have seen her but like i don't remember ever seeing her like how's that? she she's she's up but yeah she's like up above on this little cliff that you can't even get up to i do not believe uh, huh. and yeah she's just like it looks it's like very flippant she's just like whipping them out <laughs> the ice cream cones it's pretty funny uh, so anyway so if you don't do that shortcut and you are going to head left from that chain here and there's actually a false wall up to a one up in a disproportionately large chest uh, <laughs> as well. It's in the one of like the, the, the major treasure chests, which actually I think I'm pretty sure most of, if not all the one ups are, but yeah. So you go up, you go through, go through the false wall, get that. And then you're down into an area where you can make uh, a bunch of hidden treasure satchels appear that will allow you to pogo up into the HUD, like the, the information shit up on, on top of the screen to pass over the wall to yet another one up in the same disproportionately large chest so <laughs> those are always like I, it's always cool there's a few of those instances in the game where you go up literally into the score area you know what i mean like you're not yeah. even technically on the screen and that is you know i i i like it what you know i love movies that do this well anyways too like it's like breaking the fourth wall you know i, I love as a, from a creative design standpoint, I love the idea of not working within the proposed constraints of this environment. You know what I mean? It's a very cool yeah. creative choice when done well. So I, I always will try to bounce high just to see like exactly. every, every like, time, every yeah, time I, I have yeah. anytime I could get up there, I would, I, uh, if there was any hope I would, I would try it because yeah, you just never know in this game. And that's cool. And that, that, that trial and error, is a lot of what makes a game like this fun because I mean if you're if you're not searching if there's no exploration like that's why like platformers a lot of times do nothing for me because it's just so linear and so straightforward you know and and I think to make it really fun you need to have you need to there needs to be some uncertainty there needs to be some fucking you know unknown to it and and they do a good job of imposing that with that mechanic it's cool you know agreed so the absolute shittiest option from that three way thing there that were Miss Beasley and the fake wall is is heading straight down the chain and subjecting yourself to a rolling boulder <laughs> and it's like this, like this super tight tunnel area and uh, a boulder drops down you kind of got to basically run back out and maybe hope it doesn't hit you and uh, hard pass on that so <laughs> <laughs> so I just I bypass I bypass that with the fake wall and uh, yeah I, I do I, I love the branching options in the level though it's uh, gives it serious replayability so unless you take that shortcut to the boss, you'll one way or another end up in an area with water pits populated by those frog ducks again, jumping out of them. And you got to pogo off them. And they, you know, they, they kind of, this is one of the tougher platforming sequences in the game, I think. There's a lot going on here between those jumping out and there's a lot of low ceilings that mm -hmm. hinder your ability to use them as pogo jump offs, you know what I mean? And there's also some bats that come down. So yeah, they do a pretty good job of making this like if you don't take that shortcut, it is punitive to you. <laughs> uh, 
uh, which is, you know, cool. Add some challenges. But it, it was fun. I remember at this point and the level, I was thinking, wow, I'm really having fun. Like, I love this game. You know? Yeah, for sure. It is, it is difficulty is when when not done cheaply is fun for sure. And yeah, at the end of this sequence, you'll pass by Launchpad, and if you want to go to Duckburg to rub one out or anything, you can go do that. And <laughs> yeah, uh, so if you get past him, there's a minecart sequence, sequence rather, which no video game designer can resist in a mine of any kind. <laughs> I find like you cannot have a mine without a minecart sequence in any video game, in my experience. Uh, we were actually playing. It's funny I had done it, but I re-signed back up for the fucking Nintendo Online shit. So uh, we downloaded. Nice. SNES emulator, which I Good. staggeringly had not done in, in all the time I had it prior. And what? one of the things on there is, and I was an SNES kid, so that's part of why it's, it's totally up to Oh, that's right. But I know the, I've heard of the series, Joe and Mac, or Mac and Joe, or it's like the Caveman game. Oh, yeah. Yep. So we were playing that. It has a, it's co-op, which is cool. So we were playing that a little bit, and I, you know, it was like the second stage, maybe even the first stage. I can't remember exactly, but there's a minecart sequence, and I was just like, fucking every old games just cannot resist the minecart sequence, dude. Uh, you know, it's also minecarts are fun, man. Come I, was, on. I was also playing Donkey Kong Country, and that's a pr- that's a prominent thing in that as well. So, yeah, Nintendo loves do- fucking minecart sequences. So, but uh, I got but I got stuck in the freaking mine. Like the first time I jumped in, like I died like twice because. I could not figure out how to jump out. Like I don't know what yeah, was going yeah, on. Yeah, out. No, it's, it's not figuring out. It's the there's. I think it's something fucking wrong with it. Like I, like I don't, I don't remember this being the case. Like I don't remember this problem on the NES. I want to say it's like an, an emulation tick or something, dude. So Maybe so, man. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna actually ask you whether that happened to you. Because yeah, it's when you when when you know the the the, the these are also present briefly in, in the Transylvania stage too. So. In two instances, it happened to me. It was not just one, so I knew it wasn't just me. The fucking yeah, when, like the difficulty in these is often you'll the way that most of them work is you'll roll along and then the minecart will fall into a pit, and you got to jump out of the minecart to a platform. Uh, in this case, where there's more minecarts before the cart falls into the pit. You know what I mean? And that's that's kind of the challenge of the sequence. And for some reason, this fucker will not jump out of it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. It's like it's it's not. I don't. I never discovered like the solution. It just sometimes right? worked, sometimes didn't. And like I was, yeah. Like I don't think I don't know. There's a point playing this game where I was more. You know, you get to go through difficulty. Like we talked about that platforming sequence with the frog fuckers. Like you know, it's hard and like yes, there's uncertainty and it's you take that as challenge and like there's like a level of I don't know, not nervousness is probably an extreme way to describe it, but you know that feeling of like I'm not positive I'm going to have a positive outcome here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And like in these my guard sequences, I absolutely had like that was the most the strongest of those feelings I had in this game because I yeah entirely it was an entirely wonky and unreliable thing to be to, to actually get out of them before the fucker would fall in the pit you know so yeah agreed that was, yeah, was not easy with that at all i was very frustrated um fortuitously safe states <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah uh which i was no doubt uh getting it getting in place before i went into one of these so you get through that hopefully anyways if you're able to fucking make it work and then you're down into a beagle area that leads to webby and it's so disappointing how little challenge the beagle boys present as sprites in this game you know what i mean oh they're nothing yeah they're, they're just 
they just walk back and forth. Yeah, they just wobble back and forth with no danger at all. And you can just pogo them and they go away. Like, yeah, they do nothing. They they should at least have a projectile or like something. Or a chase. Like when they see you, they run after you faster or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they don't even, yeah, they don't even aggro to you. Yeah, they absolutely are. They're they don't even acknowledge you. They 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 their back and forth pace does not change when Scrooge McDuck gets near them. You know, which is insane. <laughs> like, what's the point of even putting that? I don't know. Yeah, I, just, I thought that was such a bad implementation of what should be outside of the bosses, probably the most uh, imposing enemy presence in the game, as far as the, the the IP and the narrative goes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Disappointed by that. So, uh, past that fucker, you encounter Webby, and she tells you to use the seesaw sitting beside her, and you do this thing, and it rockets you up off the screen, where you travel an insane distance, (laughs) and eventually, you, you, you never stop flying, really, you just hit a wall and fall straight down, and much to my dismay, I, like, this happened to me, and I was like, I, I, and I, it doesn't kind of fit like that kind of like really slapsticky thing. I wouldn't say is prominent in DuckTales as a cartoon, so that's part of why I think it's okay. But I still kind of wished, just because this is a cartoon IP, that we would have got that splat and slide down the wall thing. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just kind of was a, a, a little small part of me was sad inside that, that that didn't happen when you hit the wall. Although I think you, you were still off screen, so you probably couldn't even have seen yourself. <laughs> but still. <laughs> I feel like they should have worked that in there just for fun. But yeah, so you hit the wall and you slide down and there is, it, it does one. This is also one of the, like, there's not a bunch of them in this game, but if you, if you want to say there are, there is a cheap mechanic or two in this game or a cheap uh, life suck moment in these, in these, in this game, this is one of them. You hit that wall and there's a slug right down below you. Like, like where, like right below where you would fall off the wall, there's a slug there. So if you are not really paying attention and you, and have your pogo attack out as you're falling, you're going to take some damage. Slug. So, um, and it is very, cause you know, it's multiple screens that you pass over. So when mm-hmm. you go off the seesaw, so it's very easy to kind of just settle into a relative comfort zone and not necessarily paying the closest attention if you're not the most attentive gamer you know what i mean <laughs> so yeah uh, yeah absolutely took damage there the first time that i went through there same yep and just past that you climb up a long ass chain up to the boss approach hall and there up there there's some bats and slugs to slow you down but basically that is it as far as difficult shit goes before you get into the boss battle and room let's go and that goes down against the king of terra firmies which is probably the most fun and cute boss name in the game by far (laughs) he he actually killed me once i was like because i was like i was anticipating he was going to go one way and he didn't and i was like ah because i came in with like one like bit of health left okay yeah that's tough yeah you got it's the the, any of the bosses can get you if you go in there uh on low life for sure there i wouldn't say any of them are difficult and it's a rather it's pretty straightforward in most cases how to tackle them, yeah. but there is enough variance in their in their shit that uh, you can definitely take an owl if you go in there with low life. So yeah, so he's a roly poly looking dude with a, with a crown and cape, and <laughs> his his attack is turning into a ball and rolling around the periphery of the somewhat small battle arena. So yeah, it's not a particularly open space. It's kind of it's very it's a very enclosed, which is applicable to, to being a cave. It's it's a good choice I think design wise and. So he rolls around 
even across the ceiling. So he'll go, he'll start rolling. He, you know, he starts every time in center. Every one of these bosses kind of has like the center mass starting point to their movement path and such, you know, so they start right in the middle of the room and he either rolls right or left and goes all the way, like up the wall, across the ceiling, back down the other wall, back to that middle, middle part. And the trick of this, yes, is, you know, especially if you're pogoing, which is how you need to attack him. If you if you're the kind of person me, like I kind of I kind of pogo through this whole game. Like unless it's detrimental for one reason or another, this being one of the cases, I am pogoing at all times. Kind of, you know what I mean? It's, oh, it's, sure. Yeah, it's a good it's a good way to always ensure that you're going to have the highest and furthest jump. It obviously creates a little bit of a defense mechanism for you, a natural defense mechanism because whatever you come down onto is going to be taken care of with your attack. If you land on some thorns, there's a million reasons it's advantageous. So. But if you do that in here, you will absolutely get popped as he rolls across the ceiling. You know, yep. <laughs> your jump is going to run into him. So, and yeah, that's that, why I died initially too. I was like, "Ah, right, pogo time." Nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So yeah. So yeah. So you have to yeah. You have to jump him as he passes in the ball form, and then keep from getting hit as he passes overhead, and then be back into your pogo shit to land on him just as he stops because he does not fuck around very long before he yeah. get, goes back into and he's he's industry. You know, he's uh. He's invincible when he's in the ball form, so you, you have to wait till he's unrolled and standing in that center mass spot to attack him at all. So that is pretty much him. Yeah, I mean, I you know I, I wouldn't say any of them. I, I I certainly I don't think I think I, I took care of him pretty 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 easily. I think I got in there with, with pretty good life. So I I think it was the first time thing for me. But he nice. uh, you know they none of them pre- pre- present a terrible amount of difficulty. So yeah, so beating him, you get the giant the the, the giant diamond of the inner earth. That's the prize you get, your, your, your treasure for beating the King of Terra Fermis. So if you get the treasure, it does a little point tally thing. Actually, it doesn't do the point tally thing. You go back to the land select, the stage select screen, and that's where it does the point tally, I believe. For yep, your- mainframe time again. <laughs> yeah, 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 lots <laughs> of engagement, my fave. Uh, so yeah, so you, you go back there, and it, it, however much treasure you get, and it goes into your total, and that goes up onto the top of the screen, and then you're back to choosing what you want to do next. So for the next one, I will—I guess we'll do the first one I went into, and that was the Himalayas. Himalaya. The biggest shit of this stage is that there's deep snow everywhere. So if you <laughs> pogo into that, you will get stuck for a few seconds and almost surely harassed by the surrounding enemies. And like I already mentioned, I'm pogoing pretty much at all times. <laughs> so uh, yeah. that that really imposed a fuck you on my my style <laughs> for, for playing this game, you know? And, uh, that's probably why I, t- I took it first actually is because I got wanted to get it out of the way, <laughs> <You know? laughs> get the difficult shit out of the way first. So, uh, this is one of the two lands that are not mapped in Nintendo power number eight. So I was on my own for this too. So that was, that kind of made an interesting choice. I think that I didn't, you know, I went, uh, again, just the, the hardest oh. possible. You know. Out alone in the wilderness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Moon and the Himalayas are the two that are not that do not have a full detailed screenshot map. You know what I mean? So yeah, kind of got to figure just figure it out. You're on your own, kid. You start in a stretch of rabbits that buzz back and forth beneath the snow, popping out when they run into something, as well as billy goats with a decent, pretty decent height on their jump. And yeah, those rabbits are the slugs of the stage. They are, you know, the low to the ground things. They do pose a little bit of the challenge in that jumping up thing. And you got to kind of account for them maybe a little more than you would have to the slugs in, in, in the Amazon. But they are nonetheless still kind of just the thing that you pogo to get rid of. Uh, and they, they do, re- and that actually, I guess the thing about them too, because of the, the snow effect on your pogo, 
you need to get it right for sure. Like if you miss the slugs while you're pogoing, you're not going to take damage because you miss it entirely. If you didn't, you would have killed it. So in this case, right. if you miss, and those fuckers are kind of fast, if, if they have enough track to to really cook before they run into something, they, they do move pretty, definitely faster than the slugs. So you, it's not entirely impossible to miss them, even if you're you know not a shitty DuckTales player. <laughs> so so oh, yeah, yeah. it's a very punitive miss for sure because you get stuck and then you're absolutely going to get popped because it, it'll do its jump, come out, and, and nail you before you have a chance to get out of the snow, you know, so... That is a bummer and frustrating, of course, when it happens. Uh, I didn't take the first rope down. That I, I like that's, it's, I, it's funny to me how I find myself. It's my, I don't know, just the patterns of the way I play these games. Like I, I always, I'm a, like a completionist, and I don't want to like progress any further until I get all the shit out of the way. So I always like whenever in this game I would encounter a rope or down or up, I would always go past it and get the rest off, like finish whatever's left on this level, you know. Yeah. I did, did that here too. So, uh, yeah, you pass by that that the first rope that you encounter, and you get. Uh, if you stick it all the way out to the cliff face of the far right, there's a hidden hole you can fall down to into like a really, there's a one up and a, like a little bit of a diamond stash and you fall down another hole there and it takes you to launch pads post so you can fly back to the mainframe if you so, if you so choose. So yep. uh, I passed on that though and I just kind of worked my way back up and tried to get back kind of to where I was so I could approach the, the level the the normal way or the, the oh, really? secret way. And so yeah, you can, you can, from the bottom of this thing here, you head left and deal with the first slippery ice surface, ice surface rather. And this is my least favorite NES platform mechanic ever. I fucking hate <laughs> it. Ice, man. Uh, you, you had to know to expect it though. I mean, yeah, no, uh, yeah. especially from and Capcom it, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it feels exactly like it does in the Mega Man games too. It's funny. You mentioned the Mega Man ice or the Mega Man uh, engine rather it feels very much like the Flashman stage, you know, the oh, yeah. and to Flashman stage. So, yeah, I fucking hate that shit, and it's that's also why I <laughs> get that shit the fuck out of the way, so I don't have to fucking frustrating deal with it down the line. And I faced it like a man though, and I headed right into it. And, <laughs> and there is uh, there's very large spiders that drop down on you in here, and they put are they stalagmites or stalactites, Jay? Oh my gosh, stalagmites! <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, they put those above the ice, and they they like so you're jumping straight up, like it it. it the way you kind of like control yourself on the ice is by jumping straight up in the air. Like if you, you stop hitting any direction, if you just hit jump without holding the arrow pads, you will jump straight up even if you were moving and then come back down stationary. So it's like a, like a little bit of a inertia, a, a way to control your inertia in, the, in on this shit. So, but these things coming from down above obviously mitigate your ability to use that. So it's, it's a good combination of difficulty things, you know what I mean? Yeah. To give you through here so i fell down a hole and thought uh i lost my life for sure but it actually took me down to where i bumped into huey and he told me bubba is trapped in the ice and needs my help so i drop everything immediately to help bubba because <laughs> <laughs> that dude's the shit here come bubba gibber down the middle bubba fake bubba pass bubba dunker Bubba so after you talk to Huey, you keep hitting left uh, through some falling stalactites <laughs> and shit, and there's Bubba and an ice block, and you gotta you basically gotta whack tin can over to give you a platform that's to, to to jump off of, and then you pogo off that, 
and up onto the ice that he's lo- that he's stuck in to dislodge him, and he falls out, and Bubba is pleased. And he gives you his, his text blurb is, you save me, good, I show you treasure. <laughs> <laughs> Such a fun character. And then he knocks a fucking hole in the cave wall, <laughs> in, in, in which uh, is what I would describe as a small white POW burst, like a pow, you know? And the, that's, that's actually what the additional HP units are in the game. So you get one of those, and you get your extra HP, which are good. Those are probably the most sought-after things in the game. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I told, told you Bubba was the shit. So it's, it's, it's funny they give the best character the most beneficial thing as far as working. Right. I was like, you. thank you, sir. I will take that. <laughs> right. right. So then you have to backtrack out of here, which starts with a pretty serious YOLO jump uh, to get back to the nearest snow platform. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> uh, you got to like definitely leave a faith there. And <laughs> I eventually climbed back out of the area and headed back to where I fell, ultimately. And just past there, you, in- you encounter a-, a goalie-masked hockey player dude. And those are really cool characters, I think. Those are fun. And behind him is a rope that requires you have to like this is one of those instances where you say you're trying everything you know to to get into the hut area basically whenever you can whenever you have an opportunity but yeah if you if you you can jump off a nook to dodge what appears to be uh, a giant falling blueberry you know you get up into this like little fucking area that is above him and you climb up past the did you take this route I definitely did. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I, I, I actually have to. I think there might not be a way around. So yeah, you get up there and you go up that rope. You dodge the the falling blueberry looking fucking thing, and you get to the top of that rope. And there's another beagle boy, which again, he I like. He, he's even in a place that you don't have to go. Like right, it's like, what are you doing up there? I'm just gonna not go there. Exactly. Like, there, yeah. There's a couple times that they're like that in this game. Yeah. Well, they're just fucking out of the way. Almost it's just. It's almost just like. They didn't want to take the time. Like like they like they realize it's a sprite that matters, because. Mm-hmm. It's again like the arch adversary. Those fuckers are on the cover of the game. You know what I mean? So yeah, like they're on the cover of the game. None of like Flintheart, Glomgold, or whatever the fuck his name is, is not on the cover. Magic is not on the cover. None of the bosses are on the cover. It's the Beagle Boys, and they are the most benign characters in the game. You know, it's it's or benign enemies rather. It's it's interesting. But you know what though? If you jump on his head, you can go to the left on top of the screen. Did you do that to get the extra, the extra treasure? Like I figured that that he was helpful for that oh purpose. Oh my god! No, I did not, and I want to. Ah. I want to kill myself. See, I'm see. I was kind of bummed that I got the the low ending of the game, which we'll talk about later, because I was like doing stuff like that and thinking, like, man, I'm definitely getting all the treasures. But clearly, yeah. we, we will talk about it. I think it's funny how close, <laughs> how close we were. But the, <laughs> I, I I would I I think I have a screenshot of it. Like I I almost want to say. Because you texted me the actual screenshot, so we have we have the proof on your end. Uh, I'm <laughs> sure I had to have recorded or something. Anyways, uh, the so yeah. Well, I guess if you don't do that, you would just ignore the Beagle Boy and go to the right. Uh, this, this makes me because my entire point about this whole area is basically contradictory to what like I, it got me. <laughs> like, I'm gonna, like, <laughs> like I was gonna I was gonna spend 30 seconds talking shit about this part, and then you're like, no asshole, you're wrong. Uh, that's <laughs> the, the beauty of of NES games, like. No I mean, how, it's like no a matter how good you think you are, there's still, there's still, you can get a little better. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So if, whether you go there and do the right thing and get the treasures and then come back or not, you eventually have to proceed to the right here. And there is, uh, it's like I would call it light platforming across a chasm. And there is luckily a hidden cake here to refill your health, which was nice. So you mm-hmm. kind of 
you're leading into the boss battle with uh, full life, uh, unless you really fuck some shit up. And the boss battle here is the Abominable Snowman. And For sure. This dude, he's he's one of the funner sprites. I think he's pretty cool looking. And the the he his whole deal is he jumps across the screen quite predictably, I would say, and then punches the wall, which sends bubbles falling down from off screen up above a whole bunch of them. And the like snowballs, they're like ice balls. Really, they, this looks me. Put some respect on him. Come on, I, this is dude, a no, snowman. No, he's dropping fucking... the ice balls on no. you. He's, trying, he's causing an avalanche. Ice balls. <laughs> they're they're like perfectly symmetrical, symmetrically round. I have a hard time buying them as ice. I okay. guess maybe to me they look like the kind of bubbles that a child would blow with a bubble bath. <laughs> uh, which and, and they also yeah actually they fall so slow. Jay, I got I got to call you on the physics here. Even in this cartoon environment, ice would fall faster than these things fall. I mean, I did beat him on the first try, so I understand what you're saying. But in the context of the game, he's well, definitely. I, I'm not. I'm not leaning to the fact that they they pose no threat because actually I would say either they do fall very slowly, like yes, a bubble a bubble blown by a child would, <laughs> and, but instead of an ice ball. But they the way the way their hitbox works, like I was not able to really avoid them. Like I, you know, they fall you slow. Able to re- avoid them? No, yeah, they, they fall slow, and I, you know, you can. The idea is that you're going to position yourself, Scrooge, your sprite between the areas that they hit and i i was not reliably able to do it yeah i i took a lot of damage here and i um, took zero damage i was able to easily do it and beat him on the first try i was like wow this is a great easy boss to beat yeah yeah i I had to do like an exploratory try and then do it a second time to actually beat him and uh, i wouldn't say i had trouble particularly with him like i said his jump is so predictable but the 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 environmental challenge of the bubbles was was I was not Maybe that was a, a glitchy thing, like the like the minecarts thing. Maybe only for me this time, though. I guess, but yeah. So and I guess we didn't mention that with with uh, King of the Terraformies, but <laughs> the yeah, he takes five hits, and they all the bosses take five hits. So that's all. That's kind of like that's again kind of the 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 bosses are a weaker part of this game, I think, in in that they are all they all work that same way. Like I wish. You didn't know, you know, like if you're or if if they are going to be relatively simple, like at least don't make it because you can almost kind of you can almost the reason knowing that they all take five hits is a problem is because especially once you have five hits, you can kind of ration your available damage and just kamikaze into them. You know what I mean? And that sucks a little bit as far as challenge goes. You know what I mean? If you knowing for sure how little uh, the amount of life they have. You can kind of meter the damage you're going to take accordingly. Uh, and that, that removes a lot of the challenge, I feel. You know, if I was, if you were in constant conservation mode and had to approach them a little differently with that knowledge, I think the mm-hmm. bosses would have a little bit more challenge. That would, that would be maybe a little more fun. But I can see that. I think most of the time for me, I came in with less than full health, so that was not really a consideration. <laughs> so, yeah. I would still win for the most part. Maybe I would die once and I was like, okay, so yeah, let me not be stupid and get hit by that thing again. And then be okay. But I was, <laughs> I found I was most of the time coming in there with like three, two health. So, yeah, yeah to approach it a little differently. So. Yeah. Now, I was pretty good about navigating the stages. Well, again, especially with safe states. <laughs> like, I'm not, not ashamed to say I'm safe state, safe state through tough parts. But so he's a, a, a you know, he five hits, he's done so. And you have, he's very easily pogoed twice. <laughs> between each of the wall thumping attacks after he lands on each of his two jumps, go get across the screen. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's, 
yeah, he's not terribly tough uh, as far as his actual sprite goes. So a treasure satchel appears, and that happens every time, actually. I guess that's we're saying that the, the treasure does not just appear, one of those little satchels. I, would you, yeah, would you call those satchels or treasure chests? I thought they were treasure chests. I, I would call them, they look like little leather satchels to me. But I can, I can, <laughs> I can totally see the satchel thing. Yeah. In any event, one of those appears, and inside is the crown of Genghis Khan. As it's described in the in the IP stuff, so uh, oh. then then it's back to the mainframe. And what level do you want to tackle next here? Let's go to the Amazon. That is what I took next as well. So that's this easy. This was a pain for me at first. That's easy. Easy for my uh, note scrolling purposes. <laughs> yeah, this, this level is tree. This is. I feel like this is probably the one. I think it's first in the Nintendo Power too, and that's probably so often why I feel this way about games. Like, the order that I approach games, I find is so often exactly what Nintendo Power might have recommended, and that's probably less about chance and much more about dictation. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that this is, this is, uh, this can be, this is a little bit of a tricky level, yeah. Uh, the, the ground level here is comprised of gorillas charging you, stationary snakes, and then bees. And this, That's probably... Those bees, man. Yeah, Those flying, bees are flying a pain. always a pain in the ass in these games, and this is probably the most dangerous of the flying enemies in this game. Like the bats suck, but they're a little more predictable and a little easier to deal with, I think. Plus, they fall and do that whole spinny thing, and you can kill them. So right. you can poke with them. Yep. But this yeah. one, man, since I played this one earlier in the game, like I didn't like it was here that I realized that I could like swing my cane, but like this one, I was like. Give me that Nintendo Power magazine, man. Where am I going here? Yeah, Because yeah. those spikes, they got me several times, man. I could not, like, there's this one part that we'll get to where I just could not freaking bounce through it. Like, I just, I'm going to take damage every time. Yeah, there is. Yeah, with the thorns, there is an area where, yeah, you can't. Because, yeah, there's a, there's a few instances where you got to, like, meter, you got to, like, let yourself, you got to, like, kind of kind of uh, impede your inertia mm-hmm. so you, you bounce off that like a a, 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 a stalactite <laughs> actually <laughs> and you bounce off that and then between that and another stalactite that is like kind of your safety bounce off zone are some thorns and you got to like use your time falling from that first hit on the, that, that first bump into the stalactite as your progress forward so when you bounce off the thorns on the ground you have enough inertia to come up and make it to that next safe zone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, there's a few instances like that, and and one of them is, yes, is, I, I don't think it's possible to not take damage. You know, it's not this. Yeah. <laughs> you're not able to get up enough inertia to to get over there. So, yes. So, you know, on this on this first level, uh, there's the yeah, the bees, and there's also some of the man-eating plants that pop up and bite you. Like as you pass over or below them, they, on uh, I guess perfect perpendicular axis kind of jut out at you as you pass below or over them, you know? Did so, you ever try to, to pogo them like I did? <laughs> uh, I don't think so, but that is, yes, that is certainly a, a pitfall that you will find. If you do that, it does not play out well. <laughs> Immediate like Venus fly trap, like right. snap me. I was like, yeah. Oh, okay. So right. I can't take them out. No, yep. right. Yeah. Which is one of the, yeah, it's funny. Cause that, that is a very, that's a funny thing because if you, I guess, it didn't even occur to me to try because, you know, obviously coming from this game from a historical standpoint, I've played it enough where that it's just ingrained in me not to do that. But the, 
Yeah, there's not many things in the game that you can't, at least, if, if you can't kill them, you can at least pogo safely off them. So yeah, it is, it is a rare occurrence where you cannot do that. So that is a biatch. And if you, uh, taking the first vine down that you hit here on this ground level, you're presented with a chance to whack a can over and pogo up onto an Incan statue where you can jump up on top of the wall, into the HUD screen, and work your way into a secret area. And up here, you hit an entrance down into a small area with four treasure satchels, just yellow diamonds and ice cream cone shit. And this is a cool, like, if you don't know better, you might just think of this as the end of this area, you know? So you would just get your shit and then head back to the main gameplay area. But again, if you're if you're the fence tester or have your Nintendo power, you know that you can then also pogo up onto the next, like, go back up onto the HUD area moving for, further to the left and go into another one of them. And if you go down to there, there's a red diamond, which is the more valuable of, of the of the two diamond, or I guess three diamond pickups. So that's cool that, it, you know, it's, uh, even the secret areas have a secret area, like a secret within a secret. <laughs> pretty, pretty fun. So everything else down here is a life suck, basically, uh, other than that secret area. <laughs> and then <laughs> spiders and thorn services, and you're best off just heading to that second, going back up to the ground level and heading to the second vine and taking it up, in my opinion. Like, there's yeah. no, yeah, there's no, uh, there's no way to progress further in the level, basically. It is literally just like a runaround area to suck life out of you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if you do get to that second vine and take it up, you, it takes you to a bee-flying, plant-chomping, precision platforming sequence across a big chasm. And launch pad, this is a, a, an in, interesting, uh, really the only, like launch pad does not have any other, like, utility instances. Like, he's always just that stationary sprite that you can talk to and take you back to, to Duckburg. But... Mm -hmm. In this instance, he actually shows up and he has his little cart deal and he pops in for a, like, I would call it a relatively meaningless helping hand. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. It's like, it, hey, let me help you across this little longer than usual gap. Right. And all it really does, I think, is make you susceptible to the bee fly, the bees that fly through. Because mm -hmm. you can't, you know, you have no movement range at all when you're on that rope. So, like, you see that bee, this is, like, uh, it's, again, like a very harried there's not a ton of those in the game, like a hairy moment. Where, like you see the bee coming, you can't do anything about it, and if you drop off the rope, you're just gonna fall to your death. So like you kind of like are just like see the inevitable damage coming and just gotta go into it head first, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would always have to like this is the part that I died on several times and I had to like take a break from the game because I was like I need to step away, and then I realized when I came back I realized okay let me just I need to be far enough back so that I can see when the bees are coming. And then I can station myself to avoid them. Like but before that, I was just dying over and over. So frustrating at this Jay, part. Jay, Jay, we need to talk about your anger management issues, man. DuckTales is not a game you should have to walk away from. <laughs> <laughs> well, in fairness, it was like after a long, stressful day at work. And I was like, oh, let me just chill out and play. It's and like I played this level. Days. Sure, sure, sure. And I was like, <laughs> why is this happening? <laughs> Uh, I guess what is, the fuck is that? Is that oh, that's a helicopter, right? I mean, that is the thing on the cover, uh, like, yeah. but it's a weird looking helicopter. Like a rope hanging from it. Yeah, supposedly it looks. It looks like a. I don't know. It's, it's a weird looking. It's like. It, it's it, the one on the cover. The artwork has a passenger area, and like the one in that he's using here is definitely does not have a passenger area. <laughs> it's a different one. I don't know. Well, I mean, it, it otherwise looks the you know it, it it's it's just a, it's a sprite artwork, Nintendo artwork 
limitation is what I think it amounts to. But yeah. it's just funny to me, like in the in the game, like there's just no chance that any of the boys could fit on that fucker. <laughs> uh, which it, it at least justifies the need for Scrooge to be hanging from a rope below it, as opposed to in the helicopter. Right. Their, their, <laughs> I'll give it that. That you know, otherwise, why the fuck, you know, why would he ever want to be hanging from a fucking rope? That's not safe. <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, you get through the, you, you, however you work your way through there, hopefully you survive the bee onslaught and you get to a vine that takes you up to a temple area or into a temple area rather where you are. And it's interesting that you like go into this from below, you know, you're, you're like ascending. It's like the theory, you know, and again, it's just Nintendo level shit, but like, you know, like the idea is here that you're like somehow ascending through the base of an Aztec or not Aztec, but, uh, uh, is it Aztec? Yeah. So Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Aztec, uh, Aztec temple. You know, and that's weird for those to be in the sky. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, it's DuckTales. We're, we're just going to go with it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, really questions about shit like that. And you are uh, you seemingly too soon uh, bump into Launchpad again, considering that he just helped you out right below that. You know what I mean? And he's he's up there, standing there, offering to take you back to Duckburg. <laughs> yeah. I, and I almost went. I was like, oh, wait, wait a minute. I think I save stated right before, and I was like, "Yeah, let me go back to Duck Park and see what happens." I was like, "Wait, no, I just got to start at the beginning of the level. Why did I do that?" Right. Yeah. Which is that's that's part of our problem is that we did we're not inclined to do that because that really is is as we've mentioned how you really succeed in this game and rack up major dough. But yeah, he's interesting, uh, or this is an interesting instance of him rather because you if you say no to him, you can then kind of pass through him and get up into the hut area again on top of the ceiling and you go to a secret room with some diamonds and a cake, which is nice, of course. Yeah. And like, you know, this is also where I thought like, so you, you know, it takes you back to Duckburg and I don't know, I guess I was thinking that the mainframe was in some kind of mobile base until this kind of settled on me. You know what I mean? Like some, or, or some kind of duck jet or like, I don't know, something like some, some shit that was not where you had to go all the way back to Duckburg in between each of these things. Like I saw right. it, like something that he could take with him. You know what I mean? Because it's so unproductive otherwise. It's just not efficient. Well, yeah. maybe he needs to go back to home base, shower, take a rest of the sure, no, I get take a nap. I mean, he's traversing the mines of Africa. Sure. And he's, he's, an old guy. He's, he's an old guy. Too. It, probably, it probably takes a lot out of him to go on these treasure adventures. But, uh, right. yeah, I just didn't think of it like that. Uh, even though, yes, it makes more sense in that capacity. Anyhow, you come back down from that secret area, and then you plod through a shooting gallery of Incan bears throwing scepters at you that uh, then opens up into a room with another Incan statue that extorts 300 grand out of you <laughs> in order to make a platform appear that carries you up to the vine poking out at the top of the screen. And you have really no other choice but to just pay it. And then right above that, immediately above it, Dewey is hanging out. And he is in, interestingly, his blue attire this time, as opposed to the land select screen where he's in green, you know, so proving that the NES, funny yeah. to me, man. First of all, that he showed back up in the right color. Second of all, that I did not go that way at all. So I never paid anybody 300 grand and I never saw him in his blue. Yeah. You took the shortcut, right? Which is smarter. It's, it's smarter to not pay the, to, to pay the 300 K tariff for sure. Well, I think I even started going that way and I died a couple of times. I was like, forget it. And then went up. Uh. <laughs> Word. Yeah, the yeah, it's I, I think the fact him being in the blue all the more certifies that it was just a color palette thing because they clearly were aware of it IP wise. And it wasn't just an oversight, I don't think. He he tells you he like you know, he's right there above 
where you had to pay all this money, and I think it sucks that he's up there and did not drop you a rope or anything <laughs> to, to spare you. Right. To take care of. Uh, he just provides some obvious advice that you can use your cane to defeat the bosses. So that kind of sucks. There is some treasure in a one-up shit behind him, though, so uh, passing through here does have some benefit, I guess. So there's a hallway with falling ceiling shit that is quite difficult to get get out of unscathed here. And then there be there's also a, a block you have to hurdle that like as you go through like that's also one of the hardest part. Like there's this block you have to hurdle because if you if you can just pogo through it and fly through, the falling ceiling shit wouldn't be a problem. But because you got to do this, there's the, they they impose this little fucking obstacle for you. You're almost surely gonna take a hit in here to get into the boss battle air, uh, arena room. And yeah, and this is actually once I got in there, I'm like I'm using the Nintendo power so. The fact that I didn't have that that shortcut in my mind is, is all the more incriminating, I think, because I had this <laughs> open on my desktop and I just fucking I got maybe it's also a testament to how good the game is that it's got so immersed. I didn't even think to check it and I just kept playing. I mean, maybe we'll say that in DuckTales uh, honor, I guess, or appreciation that's, rather. That's what I'm saying, man. I, w- I did the same thing. It just happened. that I played this early on, so I was looking at it. But otherwise, yeah, I totally I'm sure I missed. A lot of stuff now. Just, just <laughs> grooming, right? So yeah, so I I did not take this shortcut, but I guess tell, tell us how that shortcut goes. I mean, it was not bad at all. You just kind of go up instead of like when the I don't know the monkey guys throwing the the darts, the, right. the spears, the like whatever it yeah, right when you see the first one, um, there's a little treasure chest or a satchel that appears over above your head. So you have to pogo up there and pogo on top of it. But instead of just pogoing and dropping, you pogo and press up, and there's like a rope, like right up into the HUD, right, and you screen. just climb up. Yeah, yeah, so you just go up into this little area. There's like some blocks you jump on. I think you might get something out, like some health out of one of them, and then you go over and drop down, and it's like the boss screen. Right, <laughs> you skip all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I think there's. I I, I want to say like I think I like I I, I I think I remember looking at it and like that looks kind of weird, <laughs> but <laughs> for whatever reason, did not really. Uh, investigate it fully, and and wait. And that's it's the the 300k tariff is. I mean, you know, your whole goal in this game is to get as much money as possible. So that's a substantial amount of money. So that that you know is definitely detrimental to your long term goals. Uh, yeah, <laughs> your, I, that's, and that's the reason why I saw that in the in Nintendo Power, and I was like, I'm not going that way at all. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah, so however you get there, uh, whether it be intelligently like you or uh, like an idiot like me, you get into the boss battle arena room, and the boss is the Incan King, and he is a very basic bitch. (laughs) (laughs) He basically, it's like just one of those totem things, uh, in essence, and he scoots back and forth, kind of, I would say, just slides across uh, the, the ground, and then on the way, does a little bit of jumping, and when he lands from his jump, he shakes the screen, and Scrooge is stunned for a moment. And then he kind of starts moving again. So if you allow yourself to be on the ground when he lands, you're, that's you know he will start moving again, and that's how you take your damage. But it is extremely easy to time your jumps and stuff against his landing instances, and you can. You know, other than that, just when he lands, pogo off his fucking head. So yeah, even yeah. even like it's it's usually they try to run the things up like the. The, well, the the king of terra Fermi's boss you know that it, it's kind of competing incentives and in that you, you want to be in pogo form and that's how you attack him mm-hmm. so you need to keep from being in the air as he rolls over and then he's on the ground when you would want to come down like this one's kind of the opposite where like 
it's perfectly timed where you want to be in the air as he's landing. You know what I mean? And and you can kind of like basically your your dodge move is kind of the same thing as your attack move, I guess is what I'm saying. And they're not competing. You know what I mean? So the mechanic yeah. of hitting hitting him is is particularly easy uh, as far as the boss. The boss for me that. though, I hadn't learned at this point. I had not learned that I could just kind of keep holding B after I've got into my pogo form and, and keep doing that. So I was just like just timing it. Like I mean, they're still easy, but like I I came in here with one health at first and like died trying to jump on his head while he was moving. But then after that, I was like, oh, I got this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. easy. Your prize here is the King's Scepter. And then it's Ooh. moving on after these messages. We'll be right back. We invited an expert team to our laboratory to give us their opinions of Disney's DuckTales video game from Capcom. Yes! Awesome! You have exciting adventures helping Scrooge McDuck escape danger and become the richest duck in the world. Cool. Totally hot. Way radical, man. Excellent. Join the DuckTales gang in Disney's DuckTales for Nintendo by Capcom. Also, look for Mickey Mouse Capade. It's a quacker. Oh! That was a 1989 Capcom brainchild they used to sell copies of the game on weekday afternoons and Saturday mornings in the U.S. They they jammed every single late 80s MTV buzzword in there, which was very, very radical of them, I think. It's a, it's a quack up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, uh, God, That's great. I thought, like, uh, I guess it's not 80s, it's actually 1992, but uh, I thought I posted on the socials, too. I somehow stumbled across... It's fucked up that YouTube is suggesting this to me. It's like that's the it's <laughs> finding this shit on YouTube is really scary because YouTube is it's almost as good as Netflix or maybe even better than Netflix in styling the shit it presents you as recommended mm-hmm. choices based on your viewing habits. So the idea that this was presented to me as something that I maybe want to watch is terrifying to me. But <laughs> it, it I I came across the a 1992 Pepsi corporate training video that. It's like a 20-minute deal about Crystal Pepsi. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I saw you posted it. I want to watch it so bad. Uh, like I was with the kids. I was like, I got to watch this later. Oh, I love the Crystal Pepsi. It's I know this is going to be yeah. gold. Right, yeah. Crystal Crystal Pepsi in of itself is, is such a – there's so much mystique to it, and it's such an insane <laughs> – yeah, like their, their whole – like, you know, I mean – I don't know if you did you ever get hired at like a shitty job and have to watch any of those like internal corporate videos that were like uh, yeah. a- acting job in the universe Pizza Hut. or in New York Pizza Hut. OK, yeah, I guarantee Pizza Hut. Yeah, I, I got hired at Best Buy. I remember and I had to watch Dude, it was perfect. It was exactly like I don't know. I feel like kind of office spacey, but that's not right. Like this, this the perfect <laughs> maybe maybe like the tchotchkes at the restaurant, like how it would been, how it would have been presented on there. But like they put me in like a what amounted to a closet. The TV and the VCR were on one of those shitty metal stands from like, yes, you know, yes. and like it's like a shitty TV. The VCR is shitty. They put in the tape and they just leave you alone in the room with the tape. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to watch this video. That Sit and like, watch. You know, it, it's pre cell phone. So you're if nowadays you would just play on your cell phone the whole time. You wouldn't even think about watching this video, you know, but and that back in those days, like you don't have a cell phone. So you're just fucking watch staring at this thing. And it's like way too long and way too awful and the acting is horrific and it's like a lot of role-playing stuff there's a whole role-playing sequence in it where they're like how would a sales associate try to pitch crystal pepsi to uh you know a fucking store owner that maybe is a little like you know presenting uh conflict hesitation yeah yeah, hesitation about trying to about about taking the product on it's just yeah it was oh just so bad so so bad but in, in the most glorious and 
train wreck can't look away kind of way you know? <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah uh so yeah just uh those fucking uh just old old tv media it's it's the amazing thing to me is that like that's pepsi man pepsi was huge especially then that was like probably Pepsi's yeah. day they were like actually rivaling coca-cola at the time and you know how did they not have a better marketing firm <laughs> just how, <laughs> how how did whoever produced that like not do a better job than that for a company that big that had to be spending so much money on it <laughs> just insane uh, who knows man i feel like marketing like after watching after watching stuff like mad men like have you if you watch that man like it just makes me think that it's just people's ideas. Like it just, you just happen to have somebody's idea which wins out over somebody else's and happens to be like a terrible idea or, you right. know what I mean? Just, like it just, like, they, they yeah. have to say yes to one of them. Right. Yeah. And it's a room, yeah. full, of, a room full of morons. So inherently the output is going to be shitty, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, you know, I actually, I've never gotten into Mad. You know, I've of course heard it's incredible, but I've never gotten into Mad Men. Uh, I probably should. I need shit to watch anyways. Maybe that's what I'll do. Uh, yeah. it, it's not something I thought I would get sucked into, and I can't even tell you exactly why. But once I was on the journey, I was like, I gotta just follow it through. Like, I love it's it's interesting to me actually because I I tried to watch it once and it, just, it was too slow and boring for me. But the I love comedy that exploits the stupidity of the corporate environment. Like I love that. I find just I cannot get enough of that as like a as a as a comedy setting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it was just kind of. I also conversely though I hate period like the dated kind of like they, they you know the the slower static and also kind of reserved type of comedy that a, a period piece tends to have like i, I need for, for comedy in particular contemporary style of humor is usually something i need to really enjoy it so maybe mm-hmm. that was what got in my way but yeah i mean just generally speaking like i love how stupid <laughs> the corporate environment is and i love when that's used as like the comedic device or the comedic setting for something yeah but but I, I would think this is like for me like the most interesting thing of that and then i'll get off madman it was just such <laughs> it was just the culture like because i didn't live back then but like exploring what it was like to work for an ad agency sure. during this time in this like it was just it's more it, and i hate period stuff normally like courtney has definitely gotten me to watch far more period stuff than i or normally would but like that time which i would typically think of as like when they started it at least like civil rights area time or like right before that like 50s and then you know they they move forward in time as the seasons go on but like i just typically think of that era like yeah whatever like that's my parents had lived through that time but it's just so interesting understanding what it was like to work there during that time and how they thought about products like so do they explore shit like that like racial Shit and stuff. Uh, I mean, very, very briefly, very light. Like it's not, it's not a focus. Yeah, it's just much more about like this is the corporate. I mean, much more from the woman's perspective. Like, yeah, I was gonna say misogyny is the thing that I hear about a lot. You know, kind of just the. The yeah. boys, the boys' club type nature of it is, is a lot. It's of just work. like what they seriously were just like smoking and drinking throughout the day, and this is like <laughs> yeah. like that mart five martini lunch was. Like, this is where it came from. It was a real thing back. Then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Most, anyway. uh, no one's really thinking shit up from scratch. Everyone hears shit somewhere else. Even the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. at this point, um, there are no real new ideas, uh, especially about shit like that. Anyways. Yeah. Let's talk about DuckTales and not fucking, uh, <laughs> corporate marketing culture. The, so <laughs> what, uh, I guess it's my, it's my turn to pick a stage, right? So yeah, we, go let's, let's go with what we did. We did Himalayas. We did Amazon. We did the mines. So 
My next one that I would have gotten into was, those were actually my first three, Transylvania. So let's talk Transylvania. (laughs) That's where I would have gone to. Yeah. So you were immediately presented with one of my favorite baddies in the game and in this level and it is the skeleton duck that runs into things and just kind of self-destructs <laughs> yeah. yeah popular mechanic of the nintendo years i like yeah. it yeah. super fun super fun sprite looks good and yeah it has a fun mechanic too i think to it so after yeah, it, it destroys itself and then after a beat it reanimates and ducks uh um runs back in the opposite direction and, and, and does the same, just repeats, basically. So they can be pogoed if you catch them before they smash into shit, basically. So you, they, you can't kill them when they're a pile of bones, you know what I mean, on the ground. You have to mm-hmm. kill them up. I mean, so moving target, so a little bit of challenge, but uh, mostly just a, a really fun character, I think. Fun enemy. You also can learn here that the armor suits can be golf-clubbed, which causes their, it's kind of like, almost like those mines in the, uh, or sorry, the crates in the mine, that they're just like, they're kind of an everywhere thing, and they give you an opportunity to get free shit uh free free points and free treasure and whatnot but these ones actually have kind of a risk reward to them in that when you golf club the fuckers they turn they either turn into a treasure satchel and come down at you or the helmet will just come down onto your head basically and i mean you can avoid it if you're if you're on your toes but it does if you were kind of just especially the first one you're probably gonna get caught by it <laughs> it's Dude. not something not something that i remembered to to it's not like a prominent enough thing that i remembered it inherently to to avoid it so yeah the first one you're probably going to ke- take an l if you don't listen to our podcast first <laughs> yeah, i thought it was really cool but i didn't try that or really even see that somehow until later on in the level when it was much tighter spacing and so the first time I, like it was on a, one of those paths you take where there's a bunch of them and so i hit one and i got a cake so I was like, this is awesome. So I hit another <laughs> one in a tighter space and then just got blasted because there was nowhere for me to jump. Nowhere to jump. Yeah, there's, there's a <laughs> yeah. few of them that are in places that, yeah, really fuck you. Because, yeah, you, I mean, it, yeah, you have to clear out to, to, to totally avoid it for sure. Uh, yeah. So if there's not enough room to really get out there, you can get fucked. So, yeah, those are, those are fun and interesting uh, and a nice, nice, fun little mechanic. You soon run into Webby uh, after you, you probably take your L from the, the, one of the helmets. And you run into Webby, and she tells you that Huey has been kidnapped. So right after that, there's a rope leading up to where a beagle boy dances in front of Huey. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like, not a lot of, not the best you know, storytelling. You want drama. You want to build some anticipation, some, some angst about uh, and, uh, something you need to accomplish in, in, in a story or in a narrative a char- your, your character needs to accomplish. And there's none of that. Here. There's no buildup here at all. It's, it's like, <laughs> here's a problem, and then immediately here's Huey. So, well, like, I, guess, I guess try to defend them. I'm like, hmm, how is this defensible? Maybe Webby chased him down to try to get as close as she could, but then realized I can't take out this guy by myself. Right. Uncle Scrooge, you know? here he is. Okay, sure. That yeah. gives it narrative narrative justification. Maybe yeah. you should get gotta justify get, it. You need to get hired over at fucking Capcom, Jay. <laughs> send him send him over your resume. <laughs> Hi, well, I'm like, just trying to think that I would like I would to retroactively like explain a game that you make you guys made about thirty one years ago. Uh, <laughs> I think I would add uh, a great value to your company and <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna explain how it works and they're gonna say yes, you know that, thank you for your letter. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so you whack a can, it, it kills the Beagle Boy, and then Huey thanks you and tells you that this mansion has an illusion wall, which is useful information, uh, for sure, because you need, mm-hmm. well, you can't really progress in this level without that knowledge, so if you're not uh, a fence tester type, I guess that is very valuable information. 
Mm -hmm. So hey, right from there, from Huey, you uh, first see the duck mummies, which are another, I think, fun sprite. This whole, you know, this whole stage, Castlevania type shit, but in a DuckTales context is all kind of fun, you know. But yeah, so these things, they're on a ball and chain that they kind of just pace back and forth at like they have three different stopping points, like to the left on top of the ball and chain. Uh, weight and then to the right of it you know and they kind of just pace back and forth and you can either jump on them and pogo them which sure whatever you take most things but you could also golf club there if you run up to them while they're away from you you can run up and golf club the ball and chain and it, it, it gives you kind of a cool animation of them like the the mummy kind of spins you know and then yep. A naked plucked duck, like a, a mummy, the the inner mu- the inner of a mummified duck, basically, kind of comes flying out of it and flies off the screen, uh, and kind of like its death animation, you know, and that's that's pretty fun and cool too. I think that was my preferred method of taking those dudes out for sure. Yeah, and then see so if go a little further at the end of the hall is Huey's illusion wall, through which you'll find your uh, another one of those max HP upgrades in, in one of the chests, which is cool. So this. It's my second one, so I had I had the full five health there from from there on out. Yeah, and uh, a rope up from there leads you to another fake wall in which there are a couple of mirrors. And the right one takes you to the boss battle approach, and the left one takes you somewhere shittier than that. <laughs> and I couldn't even find like so the map in the Nintendo Power, you know, it, because those mirrors uh, in the level kind of transport you around. Some of them are like basically portals just to other areas. Not all of them lead you to a key to the Amazon. So <laughs> the, uh, uh, which actually, I guess it's worth saying that that area is just this kind of dead area when you go back to it. Otherwise, like, like, yeah, like you, like basically you can't get the Amazon key while normally playing the Transylvania stage, which yep. is interesting. You know, uh, I think that would have been much more efficient, uh, for sure. <laughs> If you could have played the the stage and just got it, but what have you? If you you want to take the right one, you know, did you? I don't. Yeah, I guess is is it? I kind of just got right to the boss. Like, if you don't have to dick around a lot in this level, if you know where you're going, did you kind of do the run around or did you? Oh man, I so on this one, like having the map helped, but I tried not to use it. So uh, I don't know, man. Like. The, I, the mirrors threw me off at first because I feel like I made two unnecessary moves and kind of had to go on two roundabout ways that I really right. didn't need to go. Yeah. And so after that, I think I looked at the map and then I was like, okay, if I just go through this one, if I can find my way to this one, then I can get out of here. And that's what right. I did. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I, I didn't even finish that thought. That, yeah, the, there's that left mirror like doesn't have a – it takes you somewhere. It works. But like you know, the in the Nintendo Power, they have the – it's like – you know. The, a takes you to you know, the 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 mirror with the A on it takes you to B so on and so forth and mm-hmm. the, I the the left one didn't have like it didn't take me to where it said I can't remember what the exact thing was but it did not it was basically a Nintendo fuck up or Nintendo power yeah up. I was like what is this yeah, yeah right <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. and also like also you know there's I, I did get to it so I guess I I must have dicked around a little bit uh, I think trying to find that the wall to this to these mirrors but the, there is a there's a you can work your way to a shitty area with mine with a minecart sequence in this level like we mentioned when we were talking about the mines so that is mm-hmm. you can do. it's kind of weird that's in transylvania because what the fuck does this you know i don't know it's not really it's not like it's in a subterranean mine area i don't believe it's it's like just a an area of the mansion that has minecarts in it. <laughs> like where the what, what, what are they mining in the mansion? I don't know. You know, hey, or, it's Transylvania. Who knows? Uh, who knows? Yeah, who knows? 
Anyhow, uh, however you get there, you get your ass to the boss battle, and it's Magic of Dispel, which is probably the most... Uh, yeah. It might be the only one. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't have... I watch DuckTales, but not, I don't, I haven't, you know, I don't know the whole story and I don't know if I've seen every episode, although I feel it's very likely the, I don't feel like these other bosses are necessarily from the IP, necess, uh, you know what I mean? But Magicka absolutely is. That is, that is a boss you encounter a lot in the, in the, or not a boss, but a, an enemy, an adversary that, that Scrooge encounters a lot in the cartoons. And I'm sure the, the underlying comic books as well. So. That's exactly the same thing I was thinking. I was like, okay, there's definitely Magicka, but the others, I was like, I, I feel like they made these up, but I don't remember, so I'm not sure, yeah. but definitely. Yeah, there, was, there's a yeah. lot. They made a lot of episodes of the cartoon, and the, the comic book stuff, I mean, I, I've never even got, I had Disney comic books, like, no chance in hell that that was something I would ever have been into, so yeah. I, didn't, I didn't read it then, but the, you know, the probably the, I'm sure there's a lot of those, too, if it led to, it, it had to have been a pretty prominently uh, and successful venture if it became was turned into an animated property so you have to think that there's a lot of issues and god only you know who the hell knows how many things going on scrooge's various adventures that he might have encountered so maybe these all were and maybe that was something we should have researched but <laughs> i personally was not sure any other boss than, than magica but yeah <clears throat> but yes yeah, so magica she has two kind of movement and, and state mechanics to her. She turns into a flying incarnation of herself, which will buzz overhead at varying heights. And this is kind of, this is where she's at her most vulnerable, I guess you can hit her in this form when she's on her, on, on kind of the lower flight paths. And the thing about it is too, though, she, you know, you, you kind of dictate her, the, the level at which this flight path occurs at, you know, so you need to like, make sure you're not, and this is again, uh, to its credit, relative to that ink and mine boss where you it is it is not you're naturally inclined to just pogo around as we've talked about that's kind of the easiest way to just exist in this game but if you do that here you will cause her to fly at a high level that is too high for you to actually hit her you know is that you, what it was causing i, I yeah. had no idea i just figured it was kind of random sometimes she would be up there oh, yeah, so yeah. A, after a while i just like i, I was just like you know what? i'm just gonna wait until she lands jump on her head and hopefully you know on those times that she jumps low then i'll i'll get her on the head as oh, as well yeah. trying to attack her because she yeah when, so yeah when she comes out she she flies across the screen whatever the flight path level may be and then she transforms back into her kind of normal duck self and shoots out not terribly unlike count dracula <laughs> uh his, <laughs> his attack mechanic this kind of three uh like uh straight up in lightning the air bolts. yeah straight up in the air 45 degrees and then straight forward uh these three different lightning bolt projectiles that are very difficult to avoid stay because it, yeah if you, if you shadow her from below and you're you just kind of get out of the way just as she drops you can because like that's the trick of it if you're anyway if you're, there's any distance between you and her when she fires those like or, or turns into herself to fire the bolts you're never going to get over there in time but if you shadow her oh, yeah. you can like jump on you have to like jump on her back half too in order to hit her yeah and bounce out of there quickly right yeah before the before the lightning bolts happen so yeah it's it's tricky but she gave me a little challenge it was nice yeah it was nice exactly, when, yeah. when most of these bosses were pretty you pretty much figured them out that was a nice little twist that made me have to think about it for a second what i was yep, gonna do yeah yep. yep uh yeah she wouldn't if she like she have i was able to get her able to get her into her low flight pattern after my second to last hit and i, and I don't think i'd have had the confidence that i'd have won if that hadn't happened like i just kind of <laughs> that, you know what i mean 
So the coin of the lost realm is the victor's prize for defeating Magicka, and then you are back to the land select screen. And uh, in our case, we've been through four stages. You wouldn't have an option. You would have to take the remaining stage. And uh, was the moon your last stage too? The moon. Right. Yeah. I'd definitely save that for last. Yep. And that's kind. It's funny because it's not. It's really not that hard. Like the boss, like the boss is super easy. But, you know, it's funny. Like I think that is entirely just a Nintendo power dictated thing. Like that gets, you know, it's one of the ones that aren't that you don't that they don't cover, and it kind of suggests it's the last thing in the article, and that just yeah. kind of suggests that you're to to take it to tackle it last, and that's why you do. You know what I mean? Well, uh, I got lost at the moon at first, man. Like I, you know how we t- so going into the level, you know how when you start, and before we were talking about whenever we see a rope, usually we'll go to the right first and make sure there's yep. stuff. There. Yeah, that will, I, that, I play the same way. I did fun. not do that with the moon. I did no, not. No. I went up. <laughs> yeah. well, that, it, it, it kind of fucks you to do that because you go over there and you can't do anything to that wall until after you get the shit up in the st- up in the station. And it's well, it's not it's not easy getting over there. So you kind of it's a little bit of a life suck to go explore that before you have the tools with which to get through it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like. For me, I made the mistake. So I went up there and I was searching around and I did like before I got Gizmo Duck's little piece that you're searching for, like I, I think I had to stop to go adult or something. And I like came back and I forgot where like, like where I needed to go to get that. And so I ended up just searching around again and went down and said, you know what? I've never been to the right, went to the right. And then they said, hey, you know, I got to go get you got to go get Gizmo Duck's remote control. Or right. I was like, oh, yeah. that's right. It was way up there. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah I anyway. went st- I went straight to it and and, and found nice. Huey. And I was like, oh, fucking God damn it. I think I just loaded it. I think I, I think I just loaded. I don't think I even dealt with getting back. I was so frustrated. Uh, <laughs> uh, I love the music from this. Like, as we've talked about, like world right. famous music. But yep. yeah, it was catchy. Yep. Very, very good, for sure. Foreshadowing. I think we might hear it again here. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah. Uh, couldn't resist. Jay couldn't resist. You, you. So, yeah, so as far as the level goes, you start on the lunar surface here, and you have to work your way into the spaceship, which is cool. It's, it's nice that, you know, it's like the, the ship has landed, and, you know, mm-hmm. you're coming here, and you have to, uh, it's, it's, I think it's just set up cool for the most part. So, yeah, you can bypass the astronaut rope, <laughs> is what I would call that. I would, <laughs> it wouldn't be a rope, like, there's no gravity, like, the idea of, you know, I don't know. That's interesting of itself that they didn't employ any zero gravity component to this you know or any decreased gravity or anything oh yeah i was surprised i feel like they could have easily done like with the Mega Man crew the same mechanic of like bubble man underwater like i feel like you could do that same kind of floaty mechanic in the engine the numbers are the numbers are already solved for them a little bit yeah that is interesting i didn't even think about it to that degree but yeah so that none of that's present here which is interesting It, it operates the same way as all the other levels but yeah if you go up so yeah we already talked about going going right we don't want to do that and you want to go up into the spaceship and the aesthetic in here is great it's very cool there's lots of like vacuum tubes and portholes and shit <laughs> it's just yeah. a lot of really cool shit and the you know, you're gonna get up there too you're gonna you're gonna encounter your first the, the grunt enemies so like we said every level has those and in this case they're the space octopi i would call them and you know they're they're basically little octopus looking things that float up and down and do they they don't fire a projectile do they no right they just hmm. No, yeah, they just float up and down. So, uh, you know, any flying enemy is a little trickier than, than me, as far as grunt enemies go. So that kind of is one of the things that makes this level a little trickier is like everything's kind of uh, uh, presents a little more danger maybe than your, your typical enemy set in, in the other levels. So, yeah, more movements. Yep. So, yeah, you work your way th- to some treasure at both extreme ends of this lower level uh, of the spaceship. And it's cool, too, like even to the point, this is, I think, why this 
it's it's impressively designed like each level the periphery of it you know the idea you're like looking at it like a cross section of of a spaceship and when you get to the edges of each level of once you're inside the spaceship it has kind of the curvature that would be appropriate for that level you know what i mean yeah at the end which is cool i think and, and, and nice little touch so yeah, so you work your way to those both extreme ends of the lower level, and there's more of those octopi, and some there you, there's uh, you know, first encounter those kind of hefty, ugly aliens that wander back and forth, uh, almost <laughs> eagle boyish, kind of benignly again. And the next level up, you're you're going the right hand route. There's some treasure to the far right, uh, but there's, there's it's like I would call it a glitch. Even uh, I don't know, maybe tell me if you were able to get it, but. On this far right side here, there's like there's this there's like a, a kind of a, a hole in the ground, and above it there's two rocks, and I couldn't get in there. I could only break the one brick with the pogo attack that you know you can break the rocks with normally, you know, just by just by pogoing them. And there are two of them there, and you it wouldn't let me fall down through just the one brick width space, and it wouldn't let me break the other rock. Oh. So, I, so I couldn't get that satchel. Does, does that ring a bell as, as being a problem? Oh, man. No, I had no problem. I was able to get down there easily. Really? Yeah, I think it was just like a virgin glitchy thing going on there, man. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, I was I, I I was like, you know, I spent I spent way too much time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely glitch. Yeah. yeah, for for I'm sure what was a very insignificant reward, uh whatever yeah. was in that satchel. I'm sure it was not something incredible. But yeah, I mean, I was pogoing, jumping. I did all sorts of shit, but no dice. Oh. Uh, so that's yes. That in essence is just a dead end. There's not much else there. The uh, and you can head up above that. And there is there was Webby told me that there's a key you need to get through the door that's below her. And you know there's some shit in there. I think I don't know if she mentions what's in there or not, but you, she tells you do you need the key. So keep climbing, Scrooge. I did so. And above that, above her little area, opens up into outer space. And you have to do there's like a, a relatively challenging precision pogo platforming area to get to one of the two hidden treasures and it's i don't even know what the fuck to call it it looks maybe like a coin like a square coin or something that has ridges on it i don't know but um the second we got to get it it's treasure right yeah those those (laughs) those and those are worth a million bucks each the the secret treasures so again going back to how important they are and having the maximum amount of money you know from the game you definitely want to get both these because they're worth a ton and it also mentions them specifically like i said when you finish the game so from uh there there, there's also a left-hand route that leads up to the ufo key and launch pad if you're into him so then i backtracked to webby scored the remote control which is what's in that room and then it was off to where huey was on the surface and all this trucking around makes this, you know, there's, it basically leads a lot of backtracking, which is kind of a war of attrition, which also <laughs> I think is, is one of the things that makes this level most, the most difficult of, of, of the stages, you know? Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, why it's most challenging, I think. And yeah, the, the I actually went around several times. Like I said before, yeah. like searching, like, wait a minute, did I go this way? All right, did yeah. I go that way? All right, so I got to go back now. On, on that second level, going over to get, yeah, I mean, I didn't even, I had to, because I went up there, went to the right, and I was like, where the fuck's the key? And you, you go back down to the second level and work, like, going left was, it's not like a, I, I probably, I probably glossed over that too quickly. You got to go left for a while, and there's a bunch of shit over there to get up to the key. Um, and and it's, I guess it's worth stating too, as far as, and this is why, uh, to, to make all the backtracking more relevant and more challenging, everything responds. Like, you don't, fucking you know nothing you kill the thing you come <laughs> yeah. back everything on so you you know you don't 
having to backtrack sucks because you're basically have to re-navigate every single enemy instance every time, you know, so that's challenging for sure. So once you get out there and you head back down with the remote control, you get to that. It's just like a wall at the what at what appears to be a dead end. And you get there and Gizmo Duck rolls up kind of that's kind of disappointing, like kind of in, in rather quick and unceremonious fashion, you know, and blast the wall. He doesn't say anything. He, yeah. He, you know, he should have had a grand entrance or something there. For sure. Yeah. This being his only appearance. Yeah. It's not like it's not like this is a commonality in the game or anything. And he, yeah. he you know, he had the if you remember the cartoon, he had that catchphrase blathering blatherskite. <laughs> there was none of that here. Yeah. And he generally he was very he, silent. Right, yeah, and he, he just, I mean, just kind of his character in general. He kind of spoke in this dopey, bit technical manner. And as for you, you're under arrest for eating the Duckbird Bean Factory without an invitation to dinner. Fortunately, my super suit is equipped with all the necessities of law enforcement. So, yeah, that fun clip will be in the show notes. And, yeah, some dialogue here would have been nice out of him, I think. I think that would have, uh, was a missed opportunity by the programming team. You can then descend down below the surface where you, after he blows the wall up, where you can cross paths with a handful of very boring Beagle Boys on your boss battle approach. And that's, uh, that also kind of makes it feel like this is supposed to be last, too. You know, even though they're fucking no threat whatsoever, just their presence in, in abundance kind of makes it, gives it a, a grander feel, you know, I think. Yeah. So all the, all the reason that it supports this is the last level you play or everyone is inclined to play this le- level last. But I will say though, on that note, dude, this was the only time I lost two health points to that freaking bugle boy. Like, I don't know if I was not really? paying attention. I just mistimed the jump, like the pogo, the first time, and because I mistimed it, and I was so shocked that I got killed by the bugle boy, <laughs> yeah, I like, got hit it. I got hit again, and I was like, just what because the, the, just I'm of so mad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I rolled in here with three. It's I, I, I would have struggled emotionally with that occurring as well, Jay. So. <laughs> uh, oh. Bad about that. Well, that sucks because that means you. Well, I don't know. This, this, I think this boss is particularly easy. So whatever. But yeah. yeah so, you, so after you get through them, you lead into the boss arena area, and Lunarat is the boss. And yeah, it's I think easily the, mo- the easiest in my book. And you can just. It's very easy to just pogo onto the platforms to the the right and left to stay safe, mm-hmm. and then nail his ass when he lands again, like every other boss in the middle of the room. You know. Well, I guess not every boss actually. Magica doesn't do that. So all the more reason she's a little more difficult. But. Every other boss lands right in the middle of the room there, and even he it, it will jump. It doesn't like there's because yeah, like there's this platforms to the right and left, uh, and there's also space underneath that for him to run under, and he will often run underneath. So if you're pogoing and pogoing off those surfaces, he often won't even begin to pose a threat. You know what I mean? But yeah. if you if you play it the I, I would say the right way, but actually the wrong way because it's something bad happens. <laughs> if you play it the wrong way. <laughs> He will sometimes jump up onto those platforms, and then you do have to account for him in the way you're jumping around. But you can kind of you can kind of cheese that to some degree too, and dictate his his movement pattern and keep him down below. So, yeah, for for more than one reason, it's a particularly easy boss. I'm I'm presuming you did not even with the low even with the Beagle Boy depleted life did not have much trouble. I did not. I mean, he definitely hit me because I was trying to, you know, hit him whenever. Even though I've learned by now let them do their mechanic and then wait till they come back to the middle. I still try to jump on his head a couple times early, like while he was jumping and then I got hit. So I had to, I had to redo the level once or come back through once, but yeah, still pretty easy though. Word. He was the first timer for me. I have the, so we, as, as we always do, I have the, the playthrough just playing here in the background of my desktop and the, 
the in this video they happen to be passing through the minecart area in Transylvania and I watch I watched I watched the watched them basically seamlessly have no problem jumping out of the minecarts as they fell and it, it made me angry this <laughs> is funny they like while you were talking there I had like a little mini freak out inside <laughs> like, what do you mean? there's no fuck off <laughs> uh, it looked like he had just no trouble with it at all anyways yes yeah, yeah you kill the lunar rat and the Treasure is probably the goofiest of them all. It is the green cheese of longevity, and it actually looks <laughs> like a, a, a piece of green cheese, you know? Um, yeah. Of longevity, so, that's the best. Yep. So you get that, and then you have, in essence, played through the main part of the game. This actually, this I think this is worth the time to talk about it, but did you... I didn't experience one, but... And it was most likely, I think, probably because I never hitched a ride with Launchpad back, and I think that's what catalyzes it. But did you end up, did you do that at all, and did you end up getting any bonus stages? Because there are bonus stages in this game. Never once, and that makes me so mad, because I'm like, I always avoided Launchpad because he took me back. I never even talked to him anymore after that. Like, I never saw any of that. Yeah, and that's, again, like, all the more reason that that's an important part. Even even, On top of going back to the the level again, and that, of course, gives you more treasure, theoretically, because the treasure you you get before you go to Launchpad gets counted into your total. You also have this potential, and I don't know what catalyzes it, but to explain what it is, it's basically, it's it's the the, the character's name. It's funny, again, just they're all here. All the characters are here. (laughs) Gyro Gearloose is the character's name. Yeah, it's it's, it's Scrooge's staff scientist, basically. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and he... uh, he he's riding actually in that same helicopter that Launchpad always is, and you're on you're in the clouds, and you're kind of just following behind Gyro, and he's throwing out diamonds behind him as he goes, you know. And I never experienced that. Yeah, you're just, on it. Yeah, you're just following behind and picking, it, and it's totally just like a a, a no risk situation where you're just getting thrown treasure. That it's all about like the uh, the age old Mario coin pickup. Mm-hmm. Uh, satisfying yeah. feeling, you know, just like that. No risk, bonus stage, like nothing but reward. Um, I feel like I missed out. I'm sad. Flood, I'm flooding your, sana- your synapses with uh, with with opioid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, treasure, treasure, treasure. Right, right, right exactly. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I didn't get any of those either. So that's kind of a bummer. But uh, I thought it was worth mentioning them. So, anyways, get that cheese or whatever your last level was, and you go back to. Um, yeah, unless you're an animal, it is the moon probably, <laughs> and, you go, and you go back to the mainframe in Duckburg, and your final money tally goes down, and then suddenly your mainframe is compromised. So we have a virus in the mainframe, or, or something. Uh, someone someone's hacked into the mainframe. <laughs> more, no, more likely, all your treasures just come flying out of Scrooge, like just I don't know, like there's like a vacuum fucking effect or something going on, where all the treasures that you've accumulated come flying out of out of your sprite at the, sitting at the computer and then the, a mysterious message comes on to the mainframe main screen and says haha if you want to get back the treasures come to dracula duck manor so you're mm. teleported there to transylvania basically so you go back to that stage and it's the same level like you yeah so you, you go back to the transylvania level and it's the exact same level save for all the armor suit helmets are now absent so you don't yep. get any of those pickups which is sucks of course and then otherwise like all the enemies are in the same locations the mirrors work the same there's nothing's different and that like you know you take the same route and 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 get back to the boss arena the exact same way like i just i don't know it just it this really 
is a sour thing. Maybe, uh, maybe it's not Huey being green in, in the mainframe. Like this might be the thing that sucks, <laughs> sucks the most about the game. I think that it's just there's no difference to this. Like they added, they changed nothing, and it's just, you know, they they must. Uh, I, I posted something from Transylvania on Reddit or something over the course of this, and someone made a comment on, on the post about how the designers must have been really infatuated with their design of the Transylvania stage. Cause they take you to it <laughs> twice, so, like two more times, oh, three times. Cause you have to go back and get the key. So yeah. there's yeah, you're in the sucker three times, you know? So yeah, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. So, you know, clearly you've already done this. So if, um, unless you're, which maybe is the hardest, the, the most challenge imposing thing about it is that you would just, you're assuming that, there must be something different and maybe you wouldn't just do the exact same thing to get back to where Magicka was your first time here. And you would do some run some roundabout bullshit instead of just going back to that boss arena where you are then presented uh, in, uh, with a boss battle against Dracula duck. You know what I mean? I did not. I went straight back to Magicka and I was like, yeah. wow, this, the boss is here. Just yeah, like, sure. like I was back in no time. Like I didn't even mess around at all. Yeah. All right, yeah. Same for me. So yeah, you go through those the fake wall, go into the mirror, and then you're in the boss approach, and boom, it's, uh, there's Dracula Duck. So yeah, in this case, you have to stay low to the ground. Uh, it's kind of the same deal with Mag- as with Magicka. You have to stay low to the ground so the bat he conjures flies low again, you know, uh, and you can pogo off that state of him. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, I actually figured out that mechanic pretty quickly, but I thought it was kind of cool how, like, obviously you know you have one mechanic, you're going to be bouncing on something, just like, all right, let me measure where the bat is going to be. Bounce off the bat from the bat on top of him. Boom. It was pretty easy. Yep. I agree. It was not not terribly difficult. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the really... The only challenge with it is that you were, you were kind of forced to do it rather quickly, I would say. You know what I mean? Like the his whole transition thing is rather short. So you're, you're, it's, it, you, you are... You do feel a little hurried in trying to get to him because you're trying to track him and then get on top of him before he turns back into the, the bat, you know. So there's like a there's a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you got to be close. Yeah, for, yeah, for sure. Uh, but other than that, yeah, there's not not much challenge to it. Uh, it did. I, it, it, I mean, it, I had. To, it, I guess it, it took me a few tries though. Like I I felt like it was really? easy, but I still hmm. died a couple of times. So that's interesting to me. Uh, but hmm. yeah, it did not feel difficult, but nonetheless had a little trouble with it. Anyways, however however difficult it may be for you, when you frag him, Flintheart Glomgold, Scrooge's arch nemesis, appeared, <laughs> and he is suspended in the clutches of the bird form Magicka Dispel, like in her talons, you know, he's holding on, or she's holding on to him, rather. And then Glomgold, uh, he tells you you have to beat him to the treasure to win. And then this is one of the things I like, am most pleased with as far as design choices go, and just kind of, again, harking back to adherence to IP and like acknowledging the property and like trying to embody it in video game form, particularly within, within the limitations of the NES. Like this is an instance of this, of that, that is really well done, I think about this mm-hmm. game, but they did, they basically did their best to recreate the sequence in the cartoon opening titles where Scrooge and Glomgold each race up one side of a pillar before getting to the top. And they tug like each, each one of them is on, is on opposite side. I don't even know if they know, that the others there because they ran from opposite sides of the room in this kind of harried way and they get up there and they're kind of like tugging over top of the pillar, that magic lamp back and forth, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I can't, I can't remember 
I'm sure it's from an episode, but I can't remember how that plays out. <laughs> uh, but they cut away from it in the in the sequence before before I think you, uh, anyone wins the tug of war. But yeah, so that's basically what this is. So like Magica lifts him up, just kind of ascends with him up to the top of this pillar that's in the middle of the room, and you as Scrooge have to jump up onto one of those ro- onto a rope and scuffle shuttle your ass up there up to the top and beat them just them flying without having to deal with the rope up to the top and i mean it's not you can kind of smoke his ass with ease if you're if you're hauling if you're you know oh yeah know what to do if you if you get right into it and go you can kind of smoke his ass so it's not really a difficult thing uh it's not like the the metroid win state where you fucking have to like you beat mother brain which is damn near impossible and then you now have an actually somewhat difficult platforming (laughs) to get to the end of the game and if you die you're fucked you know so it didn't try to like really fuck you it's just kind of a a, a little story piece i feel you know that which i liked i like that that you didn't have to do it and then give you some other crazy challenge like this was simple enough that it was it was a fine line between fun and too simple right yep agreed i enjoyed it as well and then you after you get up there assuming you win uh and actually that's it i i kind of wish now i didn't think of it at the time but i kind of wish i had at least like safe scummed and tried losing just to see what happens so i'm not (laughs) but just to see what it does like i wonder it's like i I think i think the the idea is like those that's all the treasures it's like i think it's like a bag or something i believe that that is like all the treasures so that's interesting, you know. If you didn't get it, clearly you couldn't possibly have won the game. So I wonder how punitive right. it is. Huh. In any event, I did win, and I'm assuming you did too. So uh, <laughs> we both got a Duck Press was the name of it newspaper front page graphic explaining how good of a job you did, and they it was like in, in the text of the newspaper they declare you differing degrees of treasure hunter based on your performance, expert, master, and I'm not sure what the other one might be, but. Uh, I, yeah, I want to say maybe oh. I, I think I'm pretty sure mine was expert because, yeah, I finished with what did you finish with money wise? Oh, man, like seven. What did I have? Seven million. Three hundred and thirty seven thousand. Yeah, I think it was seven point three million. So yeah, I was an my, expert treasure hunter. Yeah, mine was also seven million. And I, yeah, like I said, I'm, I was kind of astounded when you see the pictures. I'm pretty sure it was seven three and some change. Too, so. <laughs> wow. And it's funny because, yeah, like I, yeah, I missed it, it's actually perfect after hearing after after hearing both our stories play out because you also skipped that one treasure like i did you know so that obviously didn't play into it that would have been another million bucks but mm-hmm. yeah i don't know and i didn't i didn't i didn't look up what the actual tiers were i think i tried to it was not as easily found as i as i had hoped trying to find what the three different numbers were like what the thresholds to get the different win state conditions but right. yeah, so so this newspaper tells you like it, it it gives you the total of your winnings. It tells you how many of the the the, the secret treasures you found. Like it told it said on the paper that I only found one of the two, which is you know <laughs> calling you out for your shit, <laughs> which is kind of cool. And then yeah, it, it it assigns an adjective to you that is expert, master, etc. And I was only able to find I I didn't fucking search around forever, but I was only able to find an image. For like the one I used in the key art for the episode is um it get master and uh, it had the 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 total amount of money was over ten million I believe so the that's what you need to be a master and I don't know if master is the the top or the middle tier clearly expert is below that being only seven point three million so I don't like I it's I find it interesting if there is no I don't know like what what would the adjective be if it's better than master like master is like the number one best like you know what expert master 
Who knows? <laughs> treasure God? I don't know. Yeah, the treasure yeah, I, guardian? I yeah, I don't. I don't know what could be above that. But I also think it weird for there to be an intermediary state between seven point three and ten million. You know, like that's what? True. It seems to me. What are you going to have? Eight point two? Like that's weird. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess unless yeah, maybe unless we were like maybe we were right up against what the middle state would have been. Maybe it was like seven and a half million or something. Who knows? That 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 would make uh, sense. Yeah. It was like five, seven point five and ten. That would make sense to me, I guess. But um, you know what's funny though? Like looking at this playthrough that I watched, like okay, right before the newspaper pops up, right? You know how and presumably you saw the same thing as I did. There's like a big money chest that he jumps over, right? Right, yeah. And that's like the wind state screen. They actually show that. That's what they show in the at the bottom of the Nintendo Power article is they show right. that's, that's that, that but, wind state screen. That's, yeah, like the – he's But this playthrough out. that I'm looking at, it's like different though. Like it's – he instead – Scrooge is wearing a crown and he is jumping on a pile – a giant pile of right. gold with money bags in it. So like, and this, he had over 10 million as well. Okay. So that's the master state. Yeah. So, maybe, yeah, so, so that's really cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like that, that's like I said, that's the idea of presenting uh, a reward Man. for that replayability. Like, you know, going, going all the way back to bring things full circle, <laughs> talk, <laughs> talking about that fourth star in overcooked too. Like I, I do not have confidence that if I went through the God knows how fucking hard it would be to beat every stage on the get the fourth star, I do not feel I would be presented with some sort of uh, a like whole new narrative thing at the end of that. Like I feel like it would just be like, yeah. "Good job, asshole! You wasted." Like, here's the star. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's cool that they actually reward you with something. In, I love in that. Yeah, even uh, if I didn't achieve it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Just to know it's there is a nice, is a very comforting feeling. I think the developers care about me a little bit. Uh, <laughs> want me to feel satisfied so yeah yeah and uh, yeah so uh, you get the newspaper and then after that yes that's when you get this treasure with the wind state screen and then they go from that to uh, uh kind of uh some close out narrative shit that i i do not believe is wind state dependent you know i think i think you get this with all of them but the boys come up the three huey louie and dewey they come up uh with some pretty nice artwork in fact on kind of a black screen and they say they tell you they're glad you scored the treasure, but to remember that they helped too. And this is kind of like, you know, the end of every Disney cartoon has to have a little lesson. And, you know, this is like that moment for this game. Which <laughs> it's just, again, just like a great adherence to the property, the underlying property. But like the great uncle that he is, despite being the African Blood Diamond game or being in the African Blood Diamond game, <laughs> still a great uncle on a personal level because he tells them that he he couldn't have done it without them. And, and yeah, in, in very Disney-rific, heartwarming fashion, he really is the richest duck in the world just because of them, which how, how touching. <laughs> and then the end, which they punctuate with that chiptune DuckTales theme again, the, the one that's the title screen. So, yeah, I mean, you paid for it. You might as well use that puppy. Did we close out? Did we use it for the the final music break in the in the magazine episode two, or was it earlier? I can't remember. I think it was earlier. I think it was like the second one or okay. something. Yeah. At least we at least we have that variance. <laughs> <laughs> Had to bring it back. Like I, well, I looked at all the tracks. It's like, come on, this is clearly well, the it's, track. It's that yeah, it's definitely the most epic boss battle of the tracks. 
boss battle E of the tracks, you know what I mean? Kind of like an ominous and like difficult thing is out, is out before you. Yeah, I agree. It's very narratively fitting for sure. So yeah, we're talking King Lord's Blessing here, and it seems like a little bit of a just kind of going through the motions of this, because uh, we, we've already exclamated <laughs> our, <laughs> our affinity for it uh, so many times over, even before we got to its feature in the mag, even with just the preview of it. So, you know, this is, I think it goes without saying, but it's fucking great, man. It's just, it's always fun. Like it, you know, there is never, there are no tedious stretches in the game. There's nothing where you feel like you know there's a few little bullshit like the minecart thing we said but that that might even be a, just an emulation thing because i don't yeah. remember it from the you know the the, the og console version of it so sure. yeah i mean I, I think it's just it's just well done in kind of every way possible <laughs> yeah man i i gotta agree and you know what it's it's funny because i i was this close to committing a blasphemous act i was i almost bought the remastered version that's included in the Disney afternoon bundle on Xbox and played that one instead, because like I heard it that it's so good. And I was like, why not? Like, I kind of want to do this because it comes with this and chip and Dale rescue Rangers. And I think another game. And so I almost did that just to switch it up. But then I heard that in that version, they expanded each of the areas and they added two new levels. So I was like, yeah, that that would be a different game. So let me. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. gonna probably still buy it, but you know, yeah, I had to. I had to go OG. I'm curious. Uh, I would. I wonder if that's uh, available on the Switch. But yeah, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm definitely gonna check it out. I, I I was gonna do it for this, but I wanted to wait until after we did the pod because I didn't want to be tempted to just play that instead. Have you looked into how much the how remastered is the remastering? Like you know, it. it how is it is, is the art style like is, is, is it still in nes art style or is it like entirely repolished into no i think the graphics are better okay because i remember when i looked at it first i was like wow that's like graphically enhanced you know okay. yeah that, that would that would have been a very oh, but more i think it's still more like, <laughs> looks like a cartoon but yeah for sure yeah i'm sure that's what it's in support of that's cool. Yeah, I, w- I would want to check that out too. Hopefully, it's available on my shit. But, I mean, I'm I'm glad I experienced the the OG game as it was because I was honestly afraid that I wasn't going to be liking it as much. You know, it as you right. know, because there's some of those games you love as a kid, you go back and it's like, ah, oh, this is just not it's not yeah. the same experience now. But yeah. it, I genuinely had several moments where I was like, you know what, I'm really having fun right now playing this. So. For sure, yeah, it's very very risky that you're you find you're looking at through rose colored nostalgia glasses. Yep. <laughs> way, you <laughs> when you're watching a cartoon and yeah. you love the song, you're like, yeah. yeah, it's like yeah, but no, yeah, they they, I mean, yeah, the you know, it's just it's maybe a little easy at times, you know, it, but they were gunning for the younger demographic, so it's and it's not so much that you can't enjoy it. And then, of course, if you strive for difficulty, we played it on normal. I'm sure it's fucking much harder on the, on the, on the, yeah. heavy, the heavy hitter difficulty. So, uh, if you want to, if you feel strongly about that aspect of it, then you can obviously make that. You can change that, uh, and it gives you that option. So that's awesome. And I and I said it more than once throughout, but I mean, the the attention to the licensed property is in rare form. I feel you know the IP, the underlying IP is just so well represented here. The the only I mean, literally the only deviation I can think of is that color palette limitation fuel Dewey outfit thing. You know, like I don't think there's an any other thing where I would go. I don't you know I don't remember it that way. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I get we we talked about the fucking you know the the lack of dialogue from Gizmo Duck, but that's not. Uh, an incorrect thing. It's yeah. just, you know, a an omission. Nice. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. So, I mean, yeah, it's just so well done in that capacity. I mean, I King Lorik blesses this one w- without batting an eye, in my opinion. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so maybe the least suspenseful of our determinations in all of the Imperial Schools of Honor pod so far, but it is a a, a, a double banger on the on the King Lorik blessing for DuckTales. And this baby is in the books. Next up, we have Game Pro Issue 3. You can subscribe to the pod on the platform provided by whatever dumbass company that serves up your pottery. Please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on whatever podcast platform that may be. The website is nyhentertainment.com forward slash isohpod. You can email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the pod on Facebook. Link to the YouTube gameplay video playlist shit is in the show notes, as is the subreddit if you want to get down with us on Reddit. And Jay, what are your personal socials? You can follow me at GentlemanJB without the second E. That's my Xbox gamer tag. So you can follow my clips and everything there as well as on Facebook and pretty much everywhere else. And my Twitter is at Josh Fallen. My Instagram is at my shift key is broke. Okay, bye. Bye. This game was was released or wait, hold on. Am I fucking the order up right now? Yes, I am fucking the order up.